All right, we are live. Welcome to the Orion Rising News. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right. Normally we do Tuesdays with Mandy, but she couldn't make it today. So we're going to do Tuesdays with Mandy, Mandy tomorrow. Sorry if you're hearing that twice. I was checking the monitor over here, and the sound's on. So I'm trying to turn that off. Okay, sorry. I was checking to make sure that it was live because I don't have a studio uh, to look at here. Right, so we're live. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Uh, Tuesday, uh, we're going to be doing Tuesdays most of the time. But like I said, Mandy couldn't make it today. So we're postponing her show for tomorrow. Uh, so today, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> phlegm, it's early, right? 1 o'clock for me, 1 p.m. So to, uh, we won't be talking about, I won't be talking about all the craziness that's going on in the, with the election. But I will be kind of talking about that because I wanted to, I, you know, wanted to spend the day or, you know, a little bit of time talking about the stresses of everything. I guess I could turn on my camera here, huh? Stop sharing my screen, right? <laughs> there we are. Namaste, everybody. Okay. So I wanted to talk about, um, you know, the stresses of, of this last year, right? Welcome, Julie. Right. I know, right? <laughs> so she said, well, dang, right? So, yeah, look at my beard. It's getting longer. I decided I was going to keep it after Christmas because I kind of like it. This is the the um, best beard I've grown lifetime, right? So I decided, you know what? This is a really good beard. I think I'm going to keep it for a while until it bugs me. Right now it's not bugging me, so I'm just letting it grow, right? So those of you who are listening to this on the MP3 file podcast, if you've never seen a picture of me, you might want to go and find the MP4 file and take a look, right? Because the beard's getting pretty long. Pretty soon I'm going to make Santa Claus look like he's a wimpy beard, right? Okay, so 2020 was was just crazy, insane for the whole world, right? Thank you, Julie said. Keep it, keep it till it's too hot. I agree. I used to grow, uh, when I worked outside, uh, last 10 years of my life I worked in construction and maintenance. Um, I gave up retail management. Uh, yeah, I was a retail manager. I was a regional manager. That's, you know, a couple of points there. But I gave that all up because, one, it was sucking my soul. I couldn't do anything. I had no life because I was working 12 to 15 hours a day. And I did that from the time I was 21. 20. From the time I was 20, right, until I was 38. That's all I did. So I made a lot of money, made a boatload of money, but, you know, I had to dress a certain way. I couldn't grow a beard very long for any wintertime. They kind of tolerated the managers and people growing beards, but otherwise, you know, so I was walking around a suit and a tie all the time and no beard, you know. Um, I get a goatee. I had a real tight goatee that I used to walk around with most of the time. So once I uh, gave that up, I literally gave that up for construction and maintenance. And a far less paycheck, right? <laughs> I mean, far less. But I had a life. I worked 7 to 4, Monday through Friday, had all weekends and all holidays off. Now, when I was in retail, you didn't have any weekends. You didn't have any holidays off. And you worked from, you know, September. Uh, I was working in the craft industry for a long time, uh, working for Aaron Brothers and then Michaels running their stores and running their frame shops. 
that's when uh, I really got for for my background. People, you know, because I created Ancient Aliens Worldwide, the the uh, largest UFO hunting group on the planet on Facebook, um, and it, you know, two hundred sixty-seven thousand members currently. Unless I'm mistaken, I haven't checked in a couple of days. Nobody else has that many members. Not even MUFON, except for MUFON the website for MUFON the, that you know their website. They have a couple million or more. Um, but, the, but that's just people who have signed up. They don't, there's no, you know, as far as I know, there's no chat rooms. There's nothing there. You just go and watch their documentaries and shit. You know what I mean? Whereas with ancient aliens worldwide, you can go and discuss things, post things, you know, talk to people about what's posted the whole nines, just to share that stuff with other people. Okay. So, so where was I going with that? I apologize. Oh, my background with, with that. Um, I've been UFO hunting since I was really young. I was, Lord, I must have been four or five the first time I saw a UFO. And uh, the entire, like, three towns, almost half the county that I lived in at the time saw this UFO on this particular day. It was hovering over the military base, which the city I was living in literally uh, surrounded the military base. Not all the way around, but three-quarters of the way around. Then there was two cities, one on the north and one on the east which was no longer there there was a small one the other one blew up uh, during the 40s when they had an accident at one of the docks and they blew up a bunch of ships and the entire town exploded um back in the 40s that was pretty bad so it was a naval weapons station not just a military base it was it was the largest naval weapons station on the western hemisphere until they made the one down in miramar in san diego but prior to that it was it was up there and, you know, that was, you had to go in the Golden Gate, go through the, the bay, and then go north up the Sacramento River, um, I think it's uh, 30 or 40 miles, uh, to get to it. So it was really inland. Uh, but, the, you know, Sacramento River goes all the way up to here. I'm in Carmichael, and it goes past me. I mean, it's just, it goes on forever. Um, up into the Sierra, and then, uh, then east as well to Stockton. So anyway, if you know California, you know that. But if you don't, you, you could look at a map, and it's a very, you know, I'm 70 miles from that military base right now. And the Sacramento River, you could fly a big, huge tanker up here. I mean, sail a big, huge tanker up here. They do all the time. Any, that's how big the river is, like a deep dredge river at one point. Anyway, so um, I started when I was like four years old, saw UFOs, so I was hunting UFOs. And you could, with that, you have to learn to authenticate photos and videos. So I started doing that, and then I did it professionally when I was working at the, for, the, for the company, the um, um, Aaron Brothers and, and Michaels. Well, Michaels, because Michaels is owned by Aaron Brothers. I'm sorry, Aaron Brothers is owned by Michaels. So I work for both of those companies. They're, they work them as if they're two separate companies, and they compete, but they're all owned by Michaels now. So uh, then I, you have to do that there because people will bring in something, and... Uh, you know, they'll say this is worth uh, $100,000 or a million dollars, and you have to authenticate that it actually is because we have to insure it because we take it in and we're going to work on it. We have to make sure that we don't damage it and it comes back in the exact same shape that it was when they brought it into us because we could be liable for a million dollar item if we damage it. So I have to, I had to authenticate, and that's what we did as, you know, your framers did that, and your managers did that. We, we would uh, authenticate stuff. So I was already doing that and had experience doing that, and then I did it professionally, professionally for about 10 years, right? So, uh, so then coming forward, that's, that's the stuff that I did. That's why, I, you know, people say to me, well, what gives you the credentials to start a group like this? Well, I've been alien hunting. I'm 53, and I was four. 
right? So that's 49 years I've been alien hunting and I've been authenticating photos since I was five <laughs> and videos since I was five. Uh, so that's the, what gave me the, the credentials to do that. But that also helps me in my everyday life all the time because of like the stuff that's going on now in the, in the world, right? Um, like I said, share this out, share this out. I haven't shared it. I should probably share it while we're talking, but, um, you know, normally I could turn on the scroll or put on some music or a video and I'm not doing that today. So you would see me looking at my phone. That would be kind of awkward, right? So go ahead and share this out. So, uh, that's helped with everything that's going on. And I'm, and we'll talk about that t- uh, some more tomorrow when we get into everything that's going on with, uh, you know, uh, the election and, and how all that craziness is working out. But I don't want to really get into that too much because, uh, you know, uh, this whole entire year now that, you know, 20, that was 2020 all the way until, you know, now we're back in January and it started last year in January. I mean, they, they try to fib and say February, but I remember in January was when we found out, December, we found out what coronavirus was. January, we had our first cases, right? So it didn't hit, it didn't hit three months later. It hit in January, but they kept pushing that number out, and then they stopped, uh, they stopped giving you the, um, all of the uh, brackets because they, they said that, you know, we were ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, and, uh, and are up and up and up and up, and then all of a sudden that stopped in April. They didn't give you any more of those. The reason for that is because it didn't continue going up. It actually slammed down. And then they had to just tell you about the count. That's why they stopped telling you about, uh, oh, they only told you about how many people were were, uh, infected, not how many people survived. They never told you that. They also never told anybody about the, and they're starting to realize this now, okay? This is why I wanted to talk about this, because the stress that was caused and is being caused by the coronavirus is undue and unjust and it, and it shouldn't be being done to any of us anywhere, okay? And, uh, and I'll tell you why. And you can look this stuff up. I'm not going to show you proof on here. I'm not sharing any videos today. I've already done that. So if you really want to do that, you can look back in my archives, right? Go to Orion Rising or go to my YouTube channel, Orion Rising, and look at the videos that are there. YouTube has all of them. Um, well, it has most of them. But uh, Orion Rising has a few missing because when I first started, I was broadcasting on Ancient Aliens Worldwide until I expanded the show to not just talking about aliens. Um, and then I then I created Orion Rising because uh, before that it was well, it was Orion Rising. But then I, I created the page and then started pro, uh, uh, broadcasting there uh, because I was uh, talking about more like now I'm talking about this. I wouldn't talk about this on ancient aliens. Cause they'd be like, what are you doing? Get out of here with this coronavirus crap. We don't want to hear about that in here. So they never told anyone the way it works. And I've shown this in my uh, videos in the past when they're doing testing for, for the coronavirus, any test that they're performing, there's going to be a percentage of false positives. They never told anybody on the planet that there was any false positives, any percentage. That's impossible to have. You cannot have a test that is 100% positive. There is not a test on the planet. There never has been a test on the planet, and there never will be a test on the planet for anything that will test you 100% positive or negative, period, and that's 100% right. Ever, 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 never. You can look that up. But they didn't tell anybody that because they wanted to count every single case. 
that was positive. What they also didn't tell you is what doctors and scientists are coming forth now and saying is that the test that they do when they swab your nose, right, and then they, they go to look at the stuff that's on that, they have to enhance it several times, okay? And when they do that, they enhance it like 32 to 36 times. And in doing that, they pretty much guarantee that just about everyone is going to test positive. This is just as proven by doctors who have done the test. Okay, scientists tell you they're doing this and, they're, and the tests, they're giving you the numbers that they're giving us that are positive numbers is quite possibly 75% wrong. It's not 75% right, not 25% wrong, possibly 75% wrong. Okay? Up to that, it's probably not that extreme. It's probably more like 60 or 55. But that literally means that half of the tests are fake. They're not real. Those people didn't have it. They didn't go back and test anybody a second time. Only time they do that is 15 days later. And then if you test negative, they go, well, you got over it. But if they tested you the next day and you tested negative, that was a false positive. But they don't do that. They don't do that to anyone. Okay? They don't do that to anyone. The only time they test you like they did with the president when he tested positive, they tested him three days later and he still tested positive. Then they tested him three days later and he actually tested negative. And then they tested and they waited until he was 10 days out, you know. So by that time it was 369, it was 10 days. Then they tested him three days later and he was still negative. So they said he was okay because he was at the 15-day threshold. Okay. But they didn't, you know, he, they, people didn't. He didn't talk about that too much. He did finally come out and say how often they tested him afterwards. And then you have the antibodies in your system. It is not a disease. A disease is something that you cannot fight off on your own. Your body cannot cope with it by itself, and you will die eventually from it. Okay, that's a disease. They keep telling you you get this disease called COVID-19. That is an utter lie. That is a lie. COVID-19, COVID, there are seven COVID strands, okay, out there. That happens to be one of them. It happens to be the most contagious. And they wanted you to believe that it was the most deadly. But now they've walked that all the way back. And now they don't discuss that. You notice that the people that are pushing COVID will not talk about the percentage, your percentage of whether you're going to survive or not. They won't talk about it at all because they know that it is 1%. That's the same number for flu, regular, any other kind of flu. You have a 1% chance that you might die from it, 1%. And that's only if you have pre-existing problems, diseases, okay? Congenital heart disease. See that? Disease word is in that, right? COPD, disease, okay? Right? Diabetes, disease, okay? Those aren't flu bugs. Those are diseases. Do you understand? People who have AIDS. AIDS is autoimmune deficiency syndrome. That's a disease. Your immune system is no longer functional because it's been overwhelmed by what you have going on with you. Do you understand that? Okay. So coronavirus, virus, the name of it is coronavirus, not corona disease. Okay. But then they say, well, then what it gives you is COVID-19. That's a lie doesn't give you COVID-19. You get 
the coronavirus, you have the virus and you're fighting that off. If, in fact, you have uh, already compromised immune system because you have Crohn's, you have, you know, whatever, you have anything that you have that is an autoimmune uh, uh, disease of some sort, so that makes your system autoimmune deficient, okay? So if you get COVID, you get the virus, you could then be overwhelmed because of the virus and everything else that you have, and then you could die. That's the same with any flu bug, not just COVID. COVID is not the only thing that does that to humans. All flu bugs, pneumonia, pneumococcal pneumonia, all of those colds, any rhinovirus can turn into bronchitis. That can kill you if you have already have pre-existing problems. Do you understand? So COVID-19 is not a disease. It is only a flu bug. And they lied about that. And they're, now, they're, now they, won't, they won't back off of the lie. Okay? But they also lied about the number of people that are infected by at least double. Then they were incentivizing people. We know this to be a 100% fact. If you don't already know this, you're living under a rock someplace. Okay? And if you won't admit this to yourself, then you, you have an issue. You're in denial, and you want this disease to be bad. Well, it's what they're telling us. No, no, no. They are telling you these facts that I'm telling you. Everyone around the world is. But you see, the, the news agencies, mostly around the world, they pick, like here in the United States, they only listen to the CDC, and they only listen to John Hopkins University. Those are the only stats they give you in this country. Both of those are paid off by, bought and paid by, the deep state. Well, oh, come on. Now you're getting into conspiracy theories, Leo. No, no, no. Listen. The CDC is who? Is that guy, whatever his name is, who's the, the director of the CDC? I can't think of his name. I always want to say Whitehead, but it's not. Something similar to that. He is a business partner with Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci works at the CDC. Those two are business partners. They own a pharmaceutical company that's currently working on a vaccine that's being distributed around the world. So they stand to make a fuck ton of money by distributing said vaccine around the world. And they're telling you, doomsday, doomsday, need a vaccine. Well, of course they are. They have their best interests at heart. John Hopkins University, the scientists that are working in at John Hopkins University are working in the Mike Bloomberg Research Center. Mike Bloomberg, and now my phone's ringing. So Mike Bloomberg is the person who tried to run for president as a, as a Democrat and bragged in the 2016 election that he bought the 21 houses, paid for the 21 houses that the Democrats took from the Republicans. So he's a Democrat. Okay? The Democratic agenda is this is a socialist agenda. And what are they doing? They're locking everybody down in a socialistic uh, totalitarian uh, uh, regime orders, killing the middle class, right? So all of this has been stressing people out. Because it is stressful. And they're doing this with a bunch of lies. Okay? So my point is, of all this, wait a minute, Leo, you said you were going to try and calm us down. Well, I have to show you why you were upset to calm you down. To show you that it's all a pack of lies. Can you die from this? Absolutely. You can die from any flu bug that is out there. You can die from a common cold. If you don't take care of it, it can go into pneumonia. Walking pneumonia, you don't even know you have it, and you drop dead. That is normal life on this planet 
at this time in the northern hemisphere of the planet because it is in fact winter here that is when people get sick more because their immune system is overtaxed because of the cold weather and everything that's going on uh, with that okay so so that happens normally but you know what here's the thing nobody has died from anything besides COVID have you noticed that you don't hear him saying anything about that at all you don't hear them talking about how many people are hospitalized because of regular flu. You know why? Because they're, they're telling them that they're all COVID. They are. It's a lie. Check with the CDC and see what the numbers are. The numbers for the flu, regular flu, are lower at this year or in 2020 than they ever have been. Or quite possibly for 50 to 100 years. Why is that? Because the people who came with the flu, they're just listing them as COVID. It's obvious. People all over, you're hearing the stories, and if you're not, you're living under a rock again. Okay, so if you're that skeptical and you're like, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, then you are a fear monger and you want this thing to be deadly and killing everyone. But if you look at the facts, if you do the math yourself, if you understand math, if you've been through school and you get how math works, if you don't, then you're not going to understand what I'm saying to you anyway because you're not very educated. No offense, I'm not saying that you're stupid. I'm just saying you're not educated if you don't understand how to comp how to do that math yourself just from the numbers they give you they're trying to tell you there's these numbers are hideous right you take the total number of deaths okay take that number and divide that number by the total number of cases then you get another number that's really low usually 0.004 or 3 or 2 or 1 okay then you convert that into a percentage by moving the decimal place. You times it by, by 100. So you move the decimal place two points over because you're timesing it by two zeros, 100, one, one. Okay, then that's where you find out exactly what the percentage of your death possibility is compared to how many people have on average, because you're, you're literally going how many people died and how many people got it, and what is, that, what is the death rate from compared to this to that? So it comes out to be everywhere you calculate it. And I do this all the time. I watch, I watch the news and they show you United States cases, world cases, United States cases, and they break it down state by state. And then if you're in a state like here and I watch the local news, they go world cases, California or United States cases, California cases, and then they break it down uh, uh, county by county. While that's happening, I pause my screen and do the math boop, 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 on my phone, right? And I go, okay, two, you know, 1%. Next, 1.5%. Next, 1.3%. Next, okay? Even in Los Angeles, if you look at how many people are in Los Angeles County, there's 10 million people in Los Angeles County. So if you look at how many people have gotten it and how many people have died from it, it's the same exact percentage. Los Angeles County looks like there's like, you know, oh, my God, there's like, you know, 10 million, 10,000 people that died from it already. And and, you know, the, the rest of the people in the United States or in the, in the state of California, there's 40 million people, 30 million people live everywhere else besides Los Angeles County. And guess what? It's the exact same amount. So every county, every city across the land has the exact same percentage of deaths. Okay. So the cities that are not locked down and the cities that are locked down, there's no difference between the percentage. The countries in the world that are locked down and the countries in the world that are not locked down, they have the exact same percentage. So no matter what people are doing, it's the exact same percentage. 
and it's 1%. The same percent as all other flu bugs. Okay? But what they do is they're counting, and they started a tally a year ago, and they haven't stopped it. All other flu bugs, they count from October to March and stop reporting the number. April, May, June, July, August, September, they do not report those numbers because it's the summertime and they're too low. They figure The factor is it doesn't matter because the amount of people that are dying then are far, far less. COVID was the same. Okay. COVID had some spikes that hit during the holidays, which flu does too, even in the summertime, but they don't count that. So they've added the tally up, and they just keep adding it up, 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 up. It's never going to stop because someone's going to die from this flu forever, from now until the history of time ends. That's just the way it is. They created a new uh, virus. It's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. Okay? So people just need to understand to take precautions when it is the time, just like they do now, like always. Okay, make sure that your parents don't get it, your grandparents don't get it, the whole nines. It's no different. The reason the number's so high is because they continue tallying for a whole fucking year. And they're still adding the number up. If they did that with the regular flu, we would be at, at fucking 20 million deaths. Right? We'd be at 100 million deaths worldwide. We'd be even longer if they started counting back 100 years ago. But they stop the number and start over again at zero when the first case hits one in October every year, they don't do that with COVID. Why? They're trying to scare you into thinking that this thing is going to, it's a planet killer. It's not, it's not, this, this is not my opinion. You can look this up. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of doctors have stood up against the lies worldwide. But what you have is you have the five big tech companies and the media not playing that and blocking it out and deleting it so that you don't get to know that because they have an agenda. Okay? And if you don't think they do, seriously don't think they have an agenda or you don't care, then you're in trouble. You really are. You're part of the problem. Okay? Back in the 30s, they had a saying back then that no one listened to in Germany. The people who were in the know knew knew that, and they said this, and they got out of the country and fled the country and came to America, England, wherever they could go, Canada, wherever they could go that wasn't Germany. And that was, you look around, and, and they're coming for, in our case, they're coming for conservatives right now. You don't care because you're not a conservative, right? But over there, it was race. They were coming for the Jews. Well, the Germans didn't care because they weren't Jewish. Then they came for the blacks. Well, I don't care. I'm not black. Shouldn't be here anyway. I'm Aryan. Then they came for the, for the Asians. I'm not Asian. Get them out of here. Rounded them all up and put them in the concentration camps. Went after every race except for the Aryan race. Quote, unquote. Quote fingers in the air. For those of you on the MP3 podcast. And they said, eventually they're going to come for you. And everybody said, they're not going to come for me. And eventually they did. But it wasn't the German government that came for them. It was the other governments of the world that came for them and put them all in jail and tried them for war crimes and hideous, hyenas uh, uh, crimes against humanity. And had they stood up for those people at the time, 
where they were afraid because they were afraid they were going to be lumped in with them or killed. So what's happening here in the United States is the exact same thing. Now, I'm not saying that, that Germany was communistic because they hated it and they wouldn't do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Melissa says, oh, I remember this short video made back uh, back then. I watched it. Yeah. Okay. So I did a video on it as well. So that, the, but they were, they were, you know, they were Zionists, they were nationalists, they were, uh, you know, uh, uh, Nazis, and that became a, um, like a cult. It became like a religion more than a political party. Um, but you have to do one or the other if you're taking over a country. You either have to have a political party or, or some sort of religious kind of uh, a sensational factor towards the party itself, towards the party line. Or you do, or you become communist, and then there's no religion allowed whatsoever. Right? Yeah, don't ever be the last one to stop clapping. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yes, I'm, I am. Uh, Sharon, thank you. She said she's just, uh, uh, hi, Leo, just check the phone. I hope you're well. Yes, I am. Thank you. I am. So so the, the, the whole thing is a lie. And, and the problem that we have now is that they're coming for the conservatives. And, and they're... They're uh, uh, deleting and deleting you and ruining your life, ruining your your company, um, whatever right now. And and most of the Democrats think that's funny, especially the the ultra left. They think that's funny, so they're supporting it, right? But Nancy Pelosi should know of of all people because eventually this is what happened to her. She was over here in California, I think it was at the Berkeley campus. And it was somewhere, don't quote me exactly where, but I believe it was out here because she's from California. So she was here somewhere where there was a protest. And I think it was Berkeley because conservatives were going to speak. So Antifa, Antifa uh, and, and uh, uh, Black Lives Matter went and they, and they were shouting them down. Right. So she showed up. They turned on her and started yelling at her. And she's like, no, wait, I'm on your side. Wait, I'm on your side. And they continued to yell at her and started getting more aggressive. So the Secret Service grabbed her and skirted her off while she was yelling the whole time. Stop. Wait, I'm on your side. They could give a shit. She was an old white person with a microphone and they didn't care who she was. But see, they're using the Democratic Party, but they don't give a crap about the Democratic Party. They see them as the system, the same system. But the Democratic Party is paying them a fuck ton of money. You can look that up. I put a video out where a guy did look that up, okay, where all the money for Black Lives Matter came from. It came from Mike Bloomberg, George Soros, the DNC, that's the Democratic National uh, uh, Party, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, right, the guy at Google, and the guy at Apple. That's where all the money came, hundreds of uh, billions, not kidding, hundreds of millions, if not billions, it was billions, came from all of those people. So they're not going, they, but, they, but they don't care about them. They turned on them. The second that they're in their space out there in the, in the world, they don't care whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent. They know you're part of the American government, and they come after you. That's why you don't see Democrats showing up at these rallies anymore. Unless it's a rally they planned, and then people know, oh, this is Nancy Pelosi. But if they just show up and start talking, and, don't, and it's not been announced Ahead of time that it's their gig, they don't have any idea. They just they go after them. Do you see? So they don't care. They're lying as well, 
all right? And they're all paid off by the same party, and they're all doing the same thing. Eventually, right now, it's getting to the point where now anyone, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican or independent or what your political persuasion is, your political persuasion, if you say, you know, I think that there's something to that election and we need to have an investigation, they will silence you and delete your, your, all your accounts everywhere. That's right. They don't care who you are. You don't agree with their agenda. They're coming after you. doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican anymore. Try it for fun. You Democrats, try it. If you're brave, you won't because you're cowards because you know that they will. They'll delete you. And guess what? They'll delete you, and, and then you'll go, oh, man, I don't have a platform anymore. So you guys won't do it, but they're already doing that. You understand? They're already coming for anyone who's against their agenda. Right? What's her name? Uh, Stacy Cortez. I'm sorry. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Stacy said already she's putting legislation through to make it a felony and a terrorist threat. If you say that the election possibly might have been rigged, do you understand how far communistic that is? How far socialistic that is? That's borderline communism. Look that up, guys. Look up. That's communist thinking right there. It's not even socialist. Socialists don't do that. Socialism means everybody is equal and they all get an equal what? Everything. That includes an equal say. Equal portions, equal say. But when they start telling you, you can't say anything we don't want you to, that's no longer socialism. That's no longer any kind of freedom. That's either totalitarianism, monarchy, communism. Those three things are the same. Okay? Those three things are the same. Don't think they're not. Or an oligarchy. Those are all the same. The only difference is one's a king or queen and one's a business person and one's a politician. That's it. That's the only difference in those words, but they mean the same thing. Dictatorship is a totalitarianship. Same thing. Okay? Monarchy means one king or queen ruling everything. That's a dictatorship. That's a totalitarian government. Do you understand? Communism means the party line runs that but those guys always have one person in charge but it's political and it's the whole party running it so it's the rich and the elite and that is the oligarchs oligarchs mean rich and elite corrupt people but if they're not politicians then it's an oligarchy if they're politicians it's communism or polyarchy do you understand if you've never taken a government class or a civics class in your life you have no idea what i'm saying you don't know what any of those words mean I took those courses, okay? So, so all of those really mean the same thing. It just tells you which persuasion you're involved in, whether it's a king or a queen, whether it's a rich elite people that own companies, right? So that's, that, that's what, what uh, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is an oligarch, okay? He is an uh, uh, owner of a company who makes hundreds of billions of dollars every second, and he works for a political agenda. He started his platform and said that the platform was supposed to be free for everyone because he hated that they were controlled by a political agenda. Then he got money, and guess what? Then it changed, and now he's a, a political mouthpiece. Political mouthpiece, okay? So now he's using his power 
for political gains. That's an oligarch. Every single person that is a CEO of these companies or owners of these companies have become oligarchs. Oligarchs are supposed to be not in the United States. They're only supposed to happen in, in corrupt countries. But they're happening in the United States, which means the United States is a corrupt company, a corrupt country. It always has been. It's just been the difference is when you had people, they were like George Soros, where he is an oligarch, but he pays both sides. And almost equally, whoever's in charge, he's in charge of those people, right? That's what the cabal does in the background. That's the truth of it, guys. Okay? So that's always been that way. It's been that way forever. It's been that way for as long as time. Rich elite people have been in charge, and that's what they do, okay? They're in charge now. The difference of, between that and now is right now, the people of this planet are trying to rise up against the rich and the elite. That's why they're locking everybody down with this fake disease, okay? And the reason I'm telling you all this, it, it will stress you out uh, on the surface, but well, I'm telling you all this because this too shall pass. Do you understand? They can't continue to lie because people are starting to realize that the numbers are what I'm telling you they are. Other people are starting to realize that. That's why there's so many people that don't want the um, the shot. Okay? Right. That's right. So I'm, I'm looking at Melissa's talking in the in the chat over there. She says they all do the same thing. They play the same game. And they do that across the world. You're absolutely right. They all say the same things. They have talking points that gets out to the world. You have different countries, so you have different parties' names, but they're always the same. One of them is conservative and one of them is progressive, okay, or liberal. And then you got the liberal uh, progressive. So you might have three parties in your country, but one of them is, is conservative and one of them is liberal. And, and those are the parties that we have here in the United States. We literally call them conservative or liberal parties, Democrat or Republican. I'll switch that around. Conservative Democrat, Republican Democrat is the is the uh, is the um, liberal. So you have those in your country, and they're all run by the same people. They answer to the same people that the people in this country answer to. So the same narrative is being painted worldwide. That's why it doesn't matter what country you go to; they're trying to make Donald Trump look like he's insane right now. Okay. Because they know that in four years he's going to try and run for president again. And they don't want him to do that because they pretty much know that he'll get elected. Because between now and then, they're not going to accept crazy-ass numbers in the polls like what happened this time. Because they know that there's going to be an investigation between now and then. Well, they're hoping that it's going to go away with Donald Trump. They're hoping that the American people aren't going to demand a... a uh, but there's people out there like me who are reminding you. They want you to have a short attention span and let it go away. Then they're going to tell you, if we lock you down for 100 days, you'll see a significant drop in the coronavirus. Well, yes, because the natural cycle of the natural flu is March and April, it goes away. Natural cycle. The numbers we had last March and April compared to November, December, January are less than a quarter. Okay, so they've calculated 100 days. Count 100 days from January 20th when Joe Biden gets sworn in and he comes out on the 21st and says, now I'm going to mandate everybody wear a mask and be locked down for 100 days. That's all I'm asking, people. In 100 days, we'll be fine. The 90 days is three months. Okay? Three months. 
January, February, March, April. Wait a minute, what? January to February is one month. February to March is two months. March to April is three months. That's 90 days plus another, what, 10 days? So that would actually be May because if you start on the 20th, you go into May. That's summer. The amount of people that are going to have the coronavirus naturally from today is going to be less than one quarter of, of what we have today naturally by doing nothing by May. But their brilliance is you guys don't know that. Population doesn't understand that because none of you people out there look stuff up for yourself. So you don't know the natural pattern of the way that this thing whole, whole thing runs. I do because I've been doing nothing but calculating shit from the CDC for over a year. I've done that shit even before then because I've done programs showing you when they say gun violence is the most prolific thing for four years under Barack Obama, eight years under Barack Obama, where they were trying to get rid of the guns. Okay, I would look up how many people die on average. I've done videos on this. I did videos back in, in uh, uh, 2016, 2012. They're on my YouTube channel, 2013. Talking to Barack Obama after he got in office when he was saying that how many people died in America every year from gunshots. And they don't tell you that the statistic is all gunshots, including police shooting people. And then including military personnel in war getting shot by guns. They don't tell you that. They make it sound like all of the gunshots that killed people in America every year was people shooting people in campuses and in, vi in video games and malls and, and movie theaters. It's not true. Not true. That's the same thing that they don't tell you. They omit information. It's right in front of your face. But if you go to the CDC, it's true. But then when you break it down... Because you can do that at the CDC. You can say, okay, let's break this down. And they'll go, this is how many people per this, per that. So when you go there now to look at COVID, they actually have categories, right? Flu, flu and maybe COVID, maybe flu, maybe COVID, COVID 100%, right? Then they even have this this uh, this uh, one that they, that they say um, possible, COVID possible. So you haven't tested positive. But it's possible that you might have it because we don't know yet because you have the symptoms. Well, the symptoms are the exact same symptoms of every single flu bug. So no matter what flu bug you have, you get you have the symptoms of COVID, of coronavirus. That's why doctors will tell you that about stuff. Well, you know, uh, they'll tell you that when I'm, well, the flu, you have the, the flu um, symptoms are pretty much everything. So when you have a disease... You could have cancer, and at first they're going to go, well, you might have the flu, because all of the signs are fever, you don't feel good, maybe some chest uh, uh, tightness, maybe some phlegm, right? And no, not kind of an appetite, kind of nauseated. That's every goddamn flu bug. That's why they have to run all the tests all the time. They have to, uh, they have to eliminate everything else. And then they go, all right, let's test for cancer, right? That's the truth. That's what they do with everything. So they don't know right off. So COVID maybe is, well, you have a cold. That could be COVID. We're just going to mark you down as COVID. Okay, so all of this stuff, yeah, right, following the pattern from 2000 until now myself. So you, Melissa said she's been following that pattern. Uh, police, military, and higher than uh, domestic. Oh, that was from what I was talking about um, back there. So, right, I mean, the, the truth is, 
guys, the truth is most of this is is uh, trumped up numbers. They don't use that word anymore because Trump. they don't say trumped up anymore. Isn't that funny? We used to say trumped up until Trump was the president and everyone hates him, so you don't say trumped up because you're saying his name. That's like a, a sin. Don't even say that word, right? So they don't. So the numbers have been exaggerated, and this is true. You can look any of this up. I'm not saying to you something that is untrue. I don't do that, right? If I, if I say something that I don't know is true, I will tell you this is what I know, but I haven't vetted this yet. I haven't corroborated this. I will tell you that, okay? So if I tell you something, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to make, I don't have an agenda. Well, I mean, I do have an agenda, but it's not a political agenda. My agenda is, is world peace. My agenda is prosperity. My agenda is knowledge, and the key to knowledge is that each one of us has to stand up and we have to take responsibility for ourselves, our actions, our citizens around us, our politicians and our governments. Sitting back and, and thinking that you have no power is what they want you to think and do. They want you to do nothing. Okay? They want you to wait and watch, wait for your savior. Your religions have been teaching you that. Wait for your Savior. He's going to come. Just don't do anything crazy and rash and wait for your Savior. Okay? Do what we tell you to do. Everything's going to be fine as long as you do what we tell you to do. That's what they're saying to you now. Anytime someone says that to you, you have to say, why are you talking to me like that? Why are you trying to? It sounds like you're trying to get me to just believe what you're saying. You should be saying that about me. You should be saying that about anyone who says anything to you. you should always be skeptical. Don't let people th- uh, make you think that that is something that is bad. Oh, I'm that guy's skeptical. He's always skeptical. That guy, he's just skeptical all the time. You want to be skeptical. Because people lie here on this planet to you. They take advantage of you. There's a saying here in America, a sucker is born every second. That is the saying of a crooked man or woman. Someone who is trying to, a trickster, someone who's trying to get something from people. Right? Melissa said, we do, we beg for help. Yeah, we know we need to stop. Each one of us, and this is what I teach people. Right, we have our own hands, feet, legs, and brain. This is what Melissa said. Absolutely, okay. And but you have to understand that most people don't. They don't want to look it up. They just want to be told. I hate when somebody says, "You got a link for that, dude?" Look it up, bro. You got the same internet I have. What is your internet broken? Got to have a link, bro. I don't know where to look. Google that shit. No, these days you can't. Google only gives you the information they want you to have. That's the truth of it. Okay. So you got to go to other places like DuckDuckGo, Ask Jeeves. There's all kinds of stuff out there. There was one. What was the one with the dog? There was one with the dog, and I can't think of the name of it now. I'll think of it in a minute. You got to go to different search engines that are not run by Apple, Google, Facebook, or Amazon, or any of their affiliates. Right. That's why. Look what they did to to um, Parler. Yeah, Karen. Karen says, let me put it up on the screen. I forgot that I'm on this studio. I can put it up for you guys to see from at home. Right? But I'll still have to read it for the people from the MP3 file. Karen says, they want you to stay at home 
and don't do anything at all because Biden is only the president of the United States, USA Corporation, and Trump is going to transfer the U.S. to Nassara. Okay, look that up, guys. See what she's she's talking about. Josie, hey, welcome. Haven't seen Josie in very much. Usually she's busy and she doesn't come in very much, especially during the day at this time, right? This is a crazy early time for her. Sometimes when I'm on later at night, she's got the kids to bed so she can come on and listen. But for her, she's on the East Coast up there. And I think you're in Quebec, the province, right? You're not in the city, though. But you're up there in that in that province, I believe. Don't quote me. I could be wrong. I think she's in Quebec. Um, so she's three hours ahead of me is my point. Right now it's 10 minutes to 2 for me. So, right, 3, 4, 5, 10 minutes to 5. She's about ready to have to have dinner probably. Um, but normally she'll be like, hold on, I'll put the kids to bed. And then she jumps on because I'm not normally on until 5 p.m., right? So 5 is, what, 8. So the kids are getting ready to go to bed, usually about 9 or so, right? So good. Melissa knows about that, right? She knows about Nassara. No, no, everybody, should, everybody should look that up and learn what that is, okay? And, and to, to Karen's point, um, yeah, that's why they say that, that uh, Trump will be the last president, right? That's like this pope is the last pope, right? If you guys know about the the um, prophecy of uh, Saint uh, Malachi, Malachi or Malachi depends on how you say it. Um, I think it's Malachi. Um, he he ten generations ago or so wrote down his prophetic um, list of popes. Each pope from that day until the last pope, and according to everything that he wrote down, he was not wrong. They figured out every single pope was the pope he predicted and that this pope was supposed to be the last pope. So we'll see what happens there, right? Um, but I agree. Right, Thank you, Josie. She said I made it special just for you or just for ya. And then she gave me a little smiley face with a wink. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Share this out. Like I said, share it out, share it out, share it out. I haven't done any sharing. Uh, like I said, Mandy was supposed to be on here, but she couldn't show up today. So we're going to do t- that show tomorrow. And we're going to be talking about current events more so. I'm talking about what's what's been happening for the last year. But we're going to talk about current and what's going on with the election and all the all the craziness there. Um, but they want us to, yeah, Karen again, she said they want you to stay home and let them finish. I'll put that up on the screen there. Let them finish this transition to CCP, right? Communist China, communist uh, uh, China. And uh, New World Order is more like, yeah, and the New World Order. That's definitely, um, you know, either way, it's it's the same people behind these governments. They're just using communism because the Chinese have so much power uh, because their power was close to America's. And as soon as you take Donald Trump out of the equation, uh, everybody gets scared and they all go, okay, well, we have to go back to the way it was before, which means we're beholden to China because the the cabal doesn't care who's in charge of what country. They don't care. It, that means nothing to them. They own the planet. Ask them. Right? So they don't give a crap whether we're communist or whether we're free. None of that. Just as long as the corporations are beholden to them, we're their worker bees. In their minds, we are slaves. And our job is to work for them, produce, consume, and stay asleep. That's what they want us to do. Status quo and if they could, they'd kill most of us off because we're getting too uh, anxious. That's what they've done over and over. They always have some sort of event, world wars, whatever they need to do 
to eliminate the population to keep the population down because as soon as the population starts to get like we are now like I am now like you and the crowd are now you become educated and when you become educated that gives you knowledge and the knowledge makes you question then you start questioning everything because you want more knowledge and then you want to know the truth because you start realizing there's lies why because you're now educated and so being educated, all the esotericness of the planet becomes simple to you. Because now you know what they know. Do you understand? That's what happens. Yeah, totalitarian. That's what I was talking about earlier. You might not have been here then. I was explaining the difference and how similar what the, between a totalitarian government, a communist government, a monarchy, an oligarchy, a polyarchy, and how basically they're all the same. It's just where the, the persons in charge fit, whether they're businessmen, political, or some sort of rite of passage as a king or queen. Right? It all means the same thing. If you're not free, then it's a totalitarian government. That means that the government to, in totality runs everyone. Right. That's literally what that means. A fascist government is just a different form of a totalitarian government or a monarchy. It's all the same. A polyarchy, an oligarchy. A polyarchy means we would be considered a polyarchy in America because all five corporations are running the planet right now with deleting everybody off the Internet and controlling what everybody says and thinks. Right. But behind them are some more people. So this would really be considered a polyarchy, not a not an oligarchy, because an oligarchy would be a person like uh, Zuckerberg is an oligarch. Soros is an oligarch, okay? But this is not controlled by one of them. Like Putin controls Russia. That's an oligarchy because he's one man in charge. He's been the president for, what, 20 years, whatever it is. He's going to be the president until he dies or someone shoots him or poisons him, whatever, until he dies. Okay, so that's an, that's, that would be considered a, you know, a, a one, one person in charge. But you could also consider that a dictatorship. But he's not really evil to his people. Right. He's not doing the things that they did under the Russian regime, disappearing people. It's not as bad over there now. If you're co up against him, it is. Right? <laughs> yes. And I agree with that. And uh, Karen says, let me put this up on the screen right here. Right. I believe that the U.S. is using its people for experiments of all kinds of things, awful things. We are the white rats of the world. Lo lots of military experience. Actually, yes, you're right. Absolutely. This is true. Um, but I, I wasn't really getting into that so much today as usual uh, that I do. But you're absolutely right. I do believe that. And that's one of the reasons why they're afraid to give the whole rollout thing. Let's just go down that, that road. Um, Karen knows this, is, and, and so does Josie. I don't know how much the rest of you know about the whole alien breakaway society and all that stuff. But they don't want to roll things out to the world um, that we have anything beyond what you see around because the truth will come out and when the truth starts to come out then you'll start realizing the real truth which is that they're slaves underground in these military bases and off world it's humans that they have told that the top part of the earth where we live on has been destroyed hundreds of years ago and you can't live out here and that they're slaves they're third and fourth generation people who believe that they were born as slaves and that's their job they don't know anything else and then to what Karen was saying, and then they use us in the United States as guinea pigs to figure shit out worldwide, right? They, they give us the shitty food. They give us the, the let's do steroids infested food and see what that does, right? All of the stuff that they do is, uh, is they're using us as guinea pigs. 
And they use humans as guinea pigs everywhere, but the United States seems to be the guinea pig of the planet. That's why they keep us fat and sassy over here, ripe for the picking, right? So this is the stuff that people don't want out because most of the people, you guys, it's so far beyond your understanding, your comprehension, that when people like me talk about it, you go, okay, that's it. You're fucking crazy, right? Yes, Sharon, GMO, genetically modified organism. That's what that means, right? And that's just crazy. That means that they went in, they're trying to figure out a way of making things meatier, meatier, so cheaper so that they can give it to you and it costs them less money, but yet you think you're getting more. So you go and you look at the apples and the size of the apples. They used to be about the size of a hardball. Now they're all coming out the size of a softball, right? It's mostly water with a little bit of flavor in it. It's like shooting something with steroids. That's what they're doing, basically. They're changing the, they're genetically modifying that organism, okay? That's why we now have, you have to put non-GMO on stuff. You have nations burning crops of corn. Sweden just did that. I think it was Sweden because the company that, that uh, Kellogg is owned by, that make, they make their own corn. They genetically modify it. They were growing it illegally in that country, and they got wind of it and went and burned all their fields down and arrested everybody. Right? Yeah, uh, uh, Melissa says, shook that mind programming off years ago. Absolutely. So did I. Right? Um, and that's what the problem is that, that we have going on, and I talk about this almost on every show, is that they're using the Internet um, as like an external hard drive. It's, a, it's an extra ego. They do that with everything. The television is, is that way. The news is, is all designed to keep you asleep, basically, or to, or to grab your conscious mind and pull it away from reality into their creation of what reality should be for you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen says, yeah, they spray shit on us. They inject us. They, they give us pills, put, put this in, the, our, in our water. When I was younger, this is no joke. When I was younger, we had the fruit fly infestation here in the state of California, and I guess it was across the whole United States. At the time, I was 16 or 17 years old, I think, um, or maybe 18, because by that time, it was pretty much done. And they were flying around and spraying everywhere with malathion. Now, malathion give you cancer. It's poisonous. And um, we were driving along. My father and I were on motorcycles, and we were driving, and I don't remember where we were, somewhere in the San Francisco Bay Area, East Bay. And we came around a corner. We were doing some back roads going somewhere. And, of course, there was orchards and crap around there. So because of that, there was the, the, fl- the fruit fly. And they were about to spray. So there was a cop who parked his car in the middle of the two-lane road, one lane coming, one lane going, and was stopping traffic. And there was another one at the other end of the orchard who also stopped the traffic. And we pulled up, and we were like the first people. I come around the corner, and my father and I were on motorcycles. And we come around the corner, and there's this cop. So we stop, and we take off our helmet, you know, and, hey, what's going on? Or, you know, lift up our, our visor. And he says, they're about to spray, so everybody's got to wait here. And so we're like, oh, all right. So we're sitting there. Well, the guys came in to spray, and they turned the shit on too soon. And they sprayed us with the malathion. They sprayed at least five cars. Everybody was in their cars. But for my father, myself, and the, and the state trooper, we were just standing out and, and like this, just standing there. And all of a sudden, this sticky rain comes raining down on us. It's fucking malathion. And you can't get it off you unless you get into a shower immediately. So we, were, we had this malathion spray on us. And the cop put his head down, and we put our heads down. We're like, shit. And he's all those dumb motherfuckers. That's what the cop said. And he looks up, and he's yelling, flipping them off, right? 
And the guy just flew over and he fucking hit us with a mouth ion. Right? Then we had um, a Chernobyl meltdown. And that, and that uh, nuclear cloud, another time, I was out with my father, and we were riding motorcycles, and this time we were in the state of Nevada, I believe. And uh, we come to find out that the rain that came through that day was the nuclear cloud from Chernobyl. So I got rained on by the cloud that, that got seeded with water because it was floating around with radiation. And if anyone knows anything about the water... That grabs all the particle, uh, pol- the particles in the air and takes it to the ground. That's why after a, a rain, everything smells so fresh because all the smog has gone out of the sky and everything's gone out of the sky because the rain grabs everything. So that means I got rained on by a radioactive rain cloud that was the, the fallout from Chernobyl. Right? <laughs> right, Karen says, oh, man, that's horrible. Right. So so the, the truth is, I've had two horrible things happen where I was radiated and I have no idea how bad the radiation level was because we didn't know that at the time. And that, that later that day, we got to a place where they're watching the news and they told how this rain cloud came in. And if you were in these areas, you got rained on. And I was like, we were just out there and we weren't wearing anything. We were riding motorcycles. It was summertime. We had a helmet on and gloves. That was it. Right. I think I even had a tank top on that day. I was like, oh, man, we just got rained on by radiation. And my dad looks at me and goes, we had Malathion two years ago. <laughs> I was like, Malathion and now radiation? He says, we're going to go in the dark for, you know, they won't have to embalm us. We'll be fine. You know, he was joking about it. But, I mean, he didn't get cancer. I didn't get cancer, right? I haven't yet. Um, but I, I also don't eat any sugar, and I take uh, vitamins, and I, I eat right, and I try to make sure that I keep, because sugar is the worst thing for you. It feeds cancer. You take all the sugar out of your body. Uh, and you you basically won't get cancer. That's the truth of it. You keep your body oxidized and no sugar, and you're doing good. Well, turned out I ended up being type 2 diabetic, so I don't eat any sugar. <laughs> I keep sugar out of my diet. <laughs> the only sugar I have is, like, I'll, I'll have, like, what's in the uh, bread, you know, and I'll make sure they didn't add any sugar to it, right? So I get whole wheat, 100% whole wheat, right? And, and so, uh, you know, that way I don't have to worry about uh, uh, getting any extra sugar. But I drink alcohol, so I do have uh, extra sugar comes in that way. But for the most part, my sugar level is a lot lower than anyone else's because of that in my diet. So, see, the, the, you know, natural things happen, stupid things happen, and we, and we survive is my point. We move on. We just have to be aware of what they're doing to us and make changes. The only way we can do that is that we have to be the change, right? Hashtag be the change, right? Here, let me put that up on the... Let me put a banner up that says that. Where is it here? I have it here somewhere. Here it is. Look here. Hashtag be the change. That's how we're going to change the, the world is, is by being the change, guys. We have to become aware. If you've never taken a civics course in your life, do so. Even if you have to go online and look up what civics means and then react from there. Understand your role outside of the plan they have for you. Okay outside of the plan they have for you and this too shall pass okay so they have a plan for you to keep you not knowing anything and doing what they tell you to do so when you listen to the news media or the media on the internet and and that's the only news that you have or the only way you base your idea of what is reality you're being led like lambs to slaughter. And that's not just my opinion. That's the truth. It's a fact. 
And if you stay away from their opinion for a, a couple of days and then go back, you start seeing that it's no different than the fake television that you watch with the television programming when you're watching, say, NCIS or, or some other show. You realize that the politics of those shows are the same politics that they're trying to preach to you that reality is. That's why reality TV is so popular in the United States. I don't know if it's that way around the world, but in the United States, like any kind of Survivor Island or any one of those stupid shows um, is, you know, Bachelor and Bachelorette, and they're not, they're not real. They're all scripted. I hate to tell you that. Okay, and if you don't believe me, go back in time and look at the, the I think it was season one or two of uh, Survivor Island, and there was a Marine who was, you know, older, uh, who walked around naked all the time. Uh, and he was supposed to leave the island third. But his character was more popular. So the producers had this girl voted off who was supposed to be voted off fifth. And she was voted off third. And she sued them for breach of contract. Now, why would she have a contract if this is a reality show and it's real? And they have no idea what's going to happen. How would she have a contract that said she was supposed to be voted off fifth? Now, that stopped being played out in the, in the media pretty quickly because the company who made the reality show sued her for breach of contract because her contract said she couldn't tell the world that she had a contract and that it was fake. So they sued her for breach of contract and then settled with her out of court uh, also with a gag order saying you can't tell people that we settled and why and you can't tell people still you're bound by the contract can't tell them that it was faked okay that happened in reality I watched it unfold and I'm smart enough to see and realize if they're suing her for breach of contract then that means that there was a contract so she's right and the contract is had to have been her telling people because what would the what would she be breaching her contract with by being let go early from a show and then saying, I wait, my contract said I was supposed to be on fifth, not on third. Well, now they're suing for the breach of contract. So the breach was her telling that there was no other thing she did. There was a breach of contract. And, and she was a, she was accusing them of breach of contract. The contract said I was supposed to leave fifth, not third. And you guys kicked me off third. Okay, so that means there was a contract that said she was supposed to go off fifth because they and not tell anyone because they sued her for breach of that. That means the whole thing is scripted and it's fake. So all of those shows are, in fact, scripted. Some of it's impromptu because they look for a certain mental disorder in people, right? Like any of the fear factors, they look for people who were very scared uh, and jumpy and paranoid as a person because they wanted the drama. If you have some guy who's not afraid of anything, you don't want him on a show that is called Fear Factor where you're trying to scare him. He's not going to be impressed by anything. You don't want that guy on there. Okay, same thing with a survival. You don't want survivalists on your show because they're going to win unless it's scripted. Then they're not going to want to be on your show because your show's fake and they're survivalists. So they look for people who have no fucking clue how to survive in the world without anything. And they also have to fit the crybaby. Most of them are crybabies. You get one or two strong people, and they do that on purpose. So there's a dynamic. There's a cookie-cutter dynamic to everything they, they do. 
So it's all fake. It's the same thing with what they're trying to tell you on the news. I wasn't rambling on. It's the same thing with what they're trying to tell you on the news. It's all fake. Okay? It's all fake, and they're giving you a script. And they want you to play a part. And as long as you don't ask questions, you're playing a part. And that's why now, if you ask questions, they're eliminating you. Because you're no longer playing the part they want you to play. And they want you to be afraid to ask questions than most people are. Most people are scared and they don't want to be eliminated because it's their life and they have nothing. Right? So Facebook is most people's lives. I don't give a crap about it. If I did, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I'd be doing what I'm doing now and making money at it. I could cookie cutter my show and I'd make a fuck ton of money. But that's not what I'm trying to do because that's not giving the message out to the people that I'm trying to get out to people. Right? I could do a show about critiquing cars. I'll make a ton of money. I could do a show critiquing um, TV series. I make a ton of money. Anything that, that goes into the cookie cutter that is already there in your heads, I could go into that and I would be super popular. I'd make all kinds of money. It's not what I'm trying to do. So I'm not going to make a, a ton of money and be rich at this. I knew this going in. I knew this before I got to this planet. Not fooling myself. Right? I mean, come on. But the point here is, guys, there's nothing to fear. You know, let me let me quote a, a famous man. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Okay, that's the truth. There is nothing to fear. The only thing that you should fear is the fact that if you don't do anything, the outcome is going to be very bad for this country. If you allow and stay complacent and allow them to take your freedoms away, they will. If you do nothing and you allow them to continue locking you down wherever you are, they will. Those of you who lost your restaurants and you're losing your, sh your shops and your restaurants and your stores, they're trying to kill the entire middle class off. There's no other purpose for the lockdown. And let me, let me ask you this question. Think about this out there. And if you think I'm wrong and then I'm, I'm full of crap, uh, let me ask you this question. They say that essential workers need to be let out to do whatever they're doing in businesses. But non-essential are the ones who have to lock down. Who are the non-essential people? The non-essential people are the middle class and poor people that don't donate hundreds of millions of dollars to them. Think about that. The class of people who is non-essential are anyone that they don't make money off of. Everybody who's retired, they're not making any money off of those people. Everybody who owns their own business, they're not making much money off of those people, just the taxes. And if they have employees, the, the, the money that they have to pay for, the employees, the insurance and medical and stuff like that. So they're not making a lot of money off of them. Okay, so the poor and the middle class are non-essential. Churches are non-profits. They don't donate a lot of money to causes. So they don't, they don't donate a lot of money to politics. So they're non-essential. Right? But gas stations are essential because OPEC needs to make sure that they have fuel for people to drive around. The oil companies 
donate a fuck ton of money to politicians. And some politicians own oil companies. Many own many oil companies. Amazon is essential. Why? Because they sell products to everybody and ship them to them? No, because Amazon donates hundreds of millions of dollars to the DNC and to individual Democrats. Same thing with Facebook, same thing. with The reason they do that is, when you look at this, they just had a chart that they put up on the screen on, I don't know what news channel it was. I don't remember because I watch every news channel. I, I go literally all of them. I go to CNN for a while, Fox for a while, Bloomberg for a while, MSNBC for a while. I, I, I being Doing what I do, I have to know what everybody's talking about. So I constantly watch everybody. So I don't know what news channel it was, but it was probably Fox because they were telling the truth. They showed the amount of money that the big five uh, um, tech companies donated to the Democratic Party and Democrats and the amount of money they donated to Republicans and the Republican Party. And it was like, say, to the Republican Party, Mark Zuckerberg donated approximately $20,000, but they donated $5 million to the Democratic Party, right, in one donation. All of them were the same way. And why would they do that, right? Why would they do that? Because the Democratic social agenda and the money that, that all these people are donating to them is keeping them in office. And if they're kept in office and I'm giving you money, you're not going to change Article 230 because I got you elected and I'm paying you. So you're not going to change Article 230 and make us accountable and get sued for libel and then have to be news agencies and be held accountable for our actions of what we're doing. But the Republicans, if they're in charge, they've already threatened to, to call them monopolies and break them into smaller companies like they did AT&T back in the 80s. Okay. So now they're not donating any money to the Republicans because they're pissed off at them and they're donating more money to the Democrats. The Democrats want to be in office because they want their socialist agenda to be in, in there. And that's the same agenda that the, uh, that the big five tech companies have. We're in charge. You do what we say or we delete you and then we'll crush your company if you, if you try to have a company that competes with us. Or that gives conservatives a platform to communicate with each other. Or get their message out to anybody who happens to be on that, on that genre. Do you understand? That's, that is communistic thinking. That is communistic actions. Where you have corporations and, and one party in the government working together to change the narrative and control speech and freedom of speech in a country or on a planet. Right. This is what Karen says. It's up on the screen for those of you who can see it. Getting impeachment will mean that Trump can't run in 2024. That's why they're trying so hard to impeach him in the last two weeks. Absolutely. 100% correct. If they can impeach him and find him guilty and then impeach him, impeach him, right, in the House and the Senate, he can no longer run for or hold a public office anywhere in the United States for the rest of his life. That's, they don't want him to be able to come back in 2024. So that's why they're trying to impeach him as fast as possible. Right? Yeah, they're moving too fast, and so they're, they're stumbling. Well, 
yes and no, because as long as people will buy into it, they're going to do it. They're going to fast track a vote because they have the because they have the votes. They're going to just say anything. They can say anything they want. They can go, we don't like Trump, so we're impeaching him because he's he's a mean guy. But but they won't we won't accept that. So they've they've trumped up this whole insurrection, which they paid for, by the way. Okay, and I hope that comes out, but I don't think it will. The FBI is going after they were talking today on on television, going after all the guys in the and they keep what they do is this is how they how they say this. I watch the news uh, media and it's how they word things, guys. You have to understand that. Okay, this is how they worded that when they were talking. They said the investigation is showing so far. I heard from investigators that they found pipe bombs, guns, and, uh, you know, and this and that. Then they say, and all of the insurrectionists, all, you hear what I'm saying? All of the insurrectionists were Nazis or white supremacists or militias, sources say. Okay, they're not telling you that someone legit told them that. They're just telling you sources say. Whenever you hear them say sources say, whatever they said prior to that or whatever they say after that is a lie. Is a lie. Because otherwise they would tell you who said it. According to the FBI, in a statement given by director so-and-so, they would tell you that because it's true. And they have the proof to back it up. Right? It's like when they go, 2,000 generals signed a document saying, I'm a nice guy. That's a lie. Otherwise, you'd have that. And here's where you can go and see the signatures of all of those generals. But they don't say that, do they? So you have to understand when they say sources say or investigators say, whenever it's vague, it's a lie. I'm not telling you the truth. Otherwise, they would say, let's watch the video where Captain so-and-so from that precinct gave this, had this to say. And then the captain comes out and says, well, all the guys that we caught so far were claiming that they were Proud Boys or neo-Nazis. Right? And then you're, then you're like, really? Where's their confessions? Well, since we're a public police department, the confessions are on file at blah, blah, blah. No one ever says that. No one ever asks that. You know why? Because that could be a lie, too. Right. So you have to look that stuff up because you can. Here's what the deal. Okay, you can look that stuff up because it's public knowledge. If someone gets arrested, you can look that up unless it's sequestered by a judge for some reason. Otherwise, you can go to the law offices in your community, uh, in your courthouses, and you can look all that up. It's all on file or or film or the computer that you can look it up. I used to go with my dad and my father-in-law, not together, they separately, when they were looking shit up. My father-in-law did it all the time. He, was, he didn't buy anything anybody said. And they would, they would quote some law, and he would go down there. I'd go with him, and he'd go down, and we're going through the law library. It's free. It's there for you. And the same thing when, when people were arrested or had a bat, you can check their background. Now everyone goes on the Internet and they want you to pay money for it, but you can still you pay them money. You know what they do? They go to the site and they look it up for free. <laughs> okay? And some places charge you money. If you go down there, you, it's just like the computer. You go down there and you want to look up access to somebody, and they'll go, all right, well, you have to pay the $12 fee. Here you go. And then you go look at their file. 
Because unless it was purposely by them sequestered or a judge, it's public knowledge. Our government works the same way unless they redact something because currently somebody could be harmed by the knowledge. You can look it up. It's the way it's designed. It's right there for you. And they and the news count on you never looking it up for yourself. So they take a piece of paper and they hold it up and they go, you see right here? This matchbook says you're lying, okay? And they don't show it to you on camera, right? When they do that, then it's a little bit different, but they love to take things out of context. And here's a perfect example. I have a videotape of the insurrection when they were inside when that female was shot, okay? The video that I have is by a guy who was proving that it was faked. And I'm pretty sure he's correct. And that same exact video was used by CNN, only they edited out everything that was showing that it was faked and only used four or five seconds of the video chopped up and showed that it was real by saying that it was real and this person died and, and, and here's where this person gets shot. And you, they didn't show you the, this, the, the right scenes. They literally showed... The guy with the gun through the door and the glass and then him step up and shoot. And then the woman laying on the ground with blood on her face. They didn't show you anything that happened in between there. Okay. And and I'm going to be showing this on a video. I'm going to put it together and I'm going to show it to everybody because here's how the scenario actually went in that. And this is no joke. You can see it all on film and I'll show you this when I, I don't have the video today, but I will at some point in the future. I'm going to put it together because one portion of the video that that guy filmed, he didn't film. He didn't show it from the beginning of the person who was filming that. And I got the beginning of the person who was filming that. And I'll explain that to you right now. His video picks up when uh, the people are, are starting to kick in the door trying to break the glass and the girl at some point climbs up on there and you see the guy with his hand and then he, you know the gun he shoots her the guy who filmed that actually started prior to that when when three security guards or police officers internal were there blocking that door standing in front of that door with guns now there's also claims that these people who broke in past all of these police had guns, yet there is nowhere on any camera by anyone. And if you look on the videos, you see that just about every fucking person that went in there was filming. There is no guns shown in anyone's hands except for the law enforcement anywhere, and I've yet to find a video. So if any of you out there has a video that shows and, and, and if you're patriots, <clears throat> you're going to show the truth that there was insurrectionists with weapons. Okay? You're not going to hide that from the world. And if you do, then you're not an American. Because what they did was wrong, first of all. And secondly, if they had weapons, then, then that's sedition and they need to go to jail for the rest of their lives. Okay? Because doing what they did was wrong. I don't agree with that. I agree with protests. But literally going in and crashing in the doors of the Capitol building and going inside and ransacking the place, that is sedition. Okay? That's a treasonous act. That's in invading the, the Capitol building, the Capitol Hill of the people of the United States of America. Okay? So, right, no aggression inside. They were wandering around calmly, Melissa says. Let me put this up on the screen because she's absolutely right. Those people... We're not committing a treasonous act. Those people were coming in and filming. 
So the truth, I would say, for every single one of those people who was walking around just milling about filming, if, in fact, the FBI comes to you and arrests you or questions you, you tell them, I was filming all of this because I was trying to make sure that nobody did anything wrong, and I have the film, and I'll turn it over to you. I'm just a citizen, and it was scary, and I came in to film the bad guys doing shit. Okay? And that's what I would tell them. Because that's the truth of what they were doing. They were in there and thought it was funny that, you know, okay, we're in here, but, you know, I'm not doing anything. No, I agree. Melissa says, I'm not agreeing it was something good to do. No, no, I wasn't inferring that you were, right? But for the record, Melissa was not. She was, right? And they were walking slowly, right? She just said that. And that's correct, they were. So the film footage started with the three officers standing with their backs to that door, and the crowd was coming in. And there was a woman that was with them uh, who had a mask on and had a camera, not a cell phone. So I believe she was with the police because she left with them. So here's how it went. They were standing with their back to the door. and There's cops inside the building, inside the room, the hallway, and they barricaded the hallway. And there's one right by there with the gun. You see that on the, on the video. It's been all over the news. He has a handgun. He's the one that shoots the girl, uh, apparently, allegedly shoots her in the face. Down the hall is another guy with full tactical, black tactical gear and a, and, a, and a rifle, okay? And he's looking from about halfway down the hall. He's looking down, and then he comes out at one point, and he walks across to the other side, and then he kind of pokes his head out again, turkey necking a little bit here and there. Now, the three officers that were there realized that they were, uh, allegedly realized that they were being, becoming uh, overwhelmed because of the amount of people that were there. None of the people were aggressive except for, like, the first three towards them. The ones who were standing directly in front of them were barking at them a lot. Everyone else was just standing around filming behind them. Okay? So here's how the scenario went. They, for some reason, decided to leave. Okay? The door is here. They have their backs to the door. The crowd is coming from over here, coming to them. Next to where they are is a wall. Okay? The wall. And there's a staircase that leads down. They start walking down the staircase. The three officers and the woman with the camera. This is on the other film, but they edit this out and don't show you this because they don't want you to see that nonchalantly the police were walking away. And as soon as they did, the guy was filming it and he was standing uh, to the left of the door and the people that were barking was in front of him. One of the guys that was yelling at the cops turned around and said, they're leaving. Come on, come on. Okay. Well, the cops didn't stop at that point and jump back up and go, hold on, hold on. You know, they continued to walk down the stairs. So immediately they started trying to break in the windows and, and open the door. And this woman, I don't see where she comes from, but she comes out of nowhere and she jumps up onto the door and is pushing the door open one way and pulling it the other and trying to get through. And the guy shoots her apparently in the face now. Weird things happen from this point on, and it happens so fast that most of the time they don't show you the full video, so you don't get to see it. I, being who I am, an investigator, I pause the video and I rewind the video, and I do this on purpose to watch the action of each individual person from start to finish on a scenario, okay? I learned that from the Quantico training when I was going to be a profiler. Okay, I was trying. I was training for that myself and a buddy of mine. We ended up not doing it because I had tattoos, and back then, 25 years ago, you couldn't have distinguishing marks. Now everybody's got tattoos, so it wouldn't have mattered. But I was studying to be a profiler, so because of that, 
that criminal investigation techniques in my brain, okay, I don't just watch the obvious because the obvious is usually not what's really obvious. The obvious is what people want you to see. Now, I preface that. I'll show you this video when I get it loaded and put together, right? And I'll, and I'll do a show and I'll show this to you so that you guys will be able to come back and watch that. So the guy is standing around the corner inside the door with a gun sticking out with a mask on. You can't really tell whether he's a cop or not. I think he is. He comes up and he fires his weapon. Whether the weapon has loaded rounds or not, I'm not exactly sure. Although the muzzle flash was just a little bit more than it should have been. Um, because when you have blanks, the muzzle flash is a lot brighter and goes further out. Um, but it, it, it's only one frame that shows the muzzle flash, so I can't ascertain whether it was a, a blank or a real bullet. However, the woman gets hit, and he pauses to show you her backpack is now up here behind her head. Now, it is possible if a person has a backpack on and you're up on something, it's not going to be right. It's going to ride up on you a little bit if your hands are up like this. But then what happens is she gets hit and she goes immediately to the ground. And the backpack is literally behind her head and neck so that when she hits the ground, she doesn't do any damage to herself. And there's also the banister for the staircase that's right there and she almost fell into the banister of the staircase but she didn't and the reason was that she had the backpack up behind her head she wasn't holding it there now that could be just a coincidence however when she hits the ground there's no blood anywhere on her and the police then turn back around from down below and they come walking back up. There's a guy, there's a man who was standing there when I rewound the tape. And I'll show you this when I, when I play the tape for you. I'll stop these and go back and forth and show you this. There's a man with dark hair who was standing to her right. And when the bullet went off, he grabbed everybody behind the girl and shoved them all against the wall and held them there. And as soon as the girl fell, he turned around and immediately readjusted her position on the ground, lifted her up and turned her slightly. And the guy actually pauses and says, look, they rechanged her angle for the cameras. Now, the policemen come up the stairs. The one guy, the lead guy that was there, the policeman, he reaches down and grabs her hand. Her hand is up here. Her right hand is up here and her left hand is, is just down. He, he doesn't check her pulse. He grabs her hand and lifts it up a little bit and he's holding on to it and then he just lets it go. Why would he do that? He wasn't moving her or repositioning her. It was almost as if he knew her and he was saying, hey, I'm right here. Now, I could be wrong, but here's what happened after that. Now, then the girl reaches up with her left hand and touches her face, and now she's got blood on her face. It's off of her hand. There was no blood there. And you can see this on camera. There was no blood on her face until her hand touches her face, and now she's got blood on her face. And the cops are trying to like act like they're dealing with her. 
right? The one cop's not. The cop who grabbed her hand, he's kind of milling about and looking. And the other one that was with him, he's pulling out a medical kit, and he's trying to get out some gauze and, and some stuff, and he's hovering over her. And everybody in the crowd yells, shots fired, shots fired, shots fired. And now all of a sudden, 35 cameras and camera phones come rushing forward. Okay, now the cops are in the way of the shot. The man with the dark hair pushes the cops out of the way and then points to everybody and points, film this, film this. And the cop even does that. He points. And then the other cop starts moving back in, and the, the first cop grabs him and pulls him out of the way and says, stay here. Then he stands up with his gun, and he looks down the hall. And when he does, his natural reaction is, oh, shit, I see a gun. Okay, because he comes up really quick. And then he realizes who it is, and he, put, and, he, and he lowers the gun, and he looks at the guy and gives him a thumbs up. We're good here. Thumbs up. And he still kind of got the gun pointed at him, and he gives him a thumbs up, but then he does something really strange. Then he's got a watch on his hand, or on his, on his right hand, and he looks at the guy after he gives him a thumbs up, and then he shakes his watch and gives him this look like, do we have time? Is this the right time? He's asking the guy a question about timing. Why would you do that? That has nothing to do with anything that's going on, unless he's going, are we going to go on a break in, in 20 minutes? We get, don't we have a break? He didn't say anything, but he looked at the guy with that look with the questioning and shook his, made sure the guy saw his watch and shook it. And then he took his other hand and realized he still had the gun kind of pointed up, and he took his right hand and pushed the gun down with his right hand. Because subconsciously he was holding the gun up where he was pointing before because he got startled. And the gun was still kind of up, and he actually had to tell himself, put the gun down. And he, put, and he puts the head down with his, with his hand. He's not grabbing his radio and calling for help. He's not trying to assist that nobody is going, we need, we need ambulance, we need people, we need something. Nobody there is doing that. Okay, and then the video, of course, stops. And, uh, and they, but, but before that, they made sure that the 30 people came up and filmed this woman while she was laying on the floor. That was the most important thing for them to do. Repositioned her so that everybody could see her from the angle that they had. Nobody was trying to stop her bleeding. Nobody was immediately, let's pick her up and get her out of here to an ambulance. No one. They were, look out, look out, get over here, get the cameras here. Film this quick, everybody, film this. I'm not kidding you. I'll show you the video when I, when I rack it, okay? Won't be today. So that's crazy. They were making sure, right, Melissa said he was making sure that the cameras saw him. Right? So the, same, the other guy down the hall did the same thing. He poked out and made sure the cameras saw him. He was way down the hall. In fact, he points the arrow at him and says, spotter, right, on the video. So they took the same video and took everything out, edited everything out that showed that it was faked and showed the shooting and the girl laying on the ground. They, showed, they used that actual video that he was using to prove that they were fake and, and used that to show that it, was, that it was legit and she had gotten shot. Okay, so I can't, I can't for sure 100% say that it was faked, but it, it looked pretty fake to me. No blood when she was shot. The camera didn't catch it, so you don't get to see the ulterior spray coming off of her. But nobody had blood on them behind her, by the way. If she had gotten shot in the face at that range from that gun, it was a 9 millimeter, 
probably a Glock 14 or a Glock 17, okay? At that range, a 9mm would have gone through her body. Now, most of the time, the shells are designed to sprawl, and if that's the case and it went and it hit her in the face, she would have been dead instantly or her brain would have been, uh, you know, she would have, would have been eminent, okay? But there, was, but there was no bullet hole. When she landed, there was no hole in any part of her face or skin or neck that is visible to the camera of that person filming until she reaches up with her hand and then looks at her hand, and now she's got blood on her face and on her hand, but it wasn't there before that. Okay? So I don't believe that that actor is dead. I believe that that actor is, is paid to not tell anybody. And they come up with some name of some lady and they're going to probably say she's dead. Now, I could be wrong and I could be pissing off her husband. If that's the case, I would like to see pictures of her and pictures that they take from the morgue to show that she's dead. And her husband put them on television to prove to the world that that's legit and she really died. Because I don't think that that, was, that happened. Uh, in the video, if you actually watch it from a standpoint of is this real? Is this reality and really happening? And you, and you actually do what I did and pause and rewind and watch each individual person's actions from start to finish on that video. He actually shows you, here's the thing that's really telling. Okay? And I'm going to refer to the movie Snatch. In the movie Snatch, Guy Ritchie, the genius, wrote this comedy. It was really, really fun. Jason Statham uh, plays a character named Turkish. And um, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, so his character is uh, he's a he's an underground boxing promoter, right? He also has gambling casinos, and it's set in England. Okay, and uh, Brad Pitt, thank you. Brad Pitt plays Mickey O'Neill, and he's an Irish gypsy, but he's also a boxing champion. Right. So they end up getting in a in a in the pocket of Bricktop, the uh, illegal gangster running underground boxing. And they tell Mickey O'Neill, you need to go down in the fourth round. Right. And uh, he doesn't go down in the fourth round. and He bets on himself. So they go and burn his mom's RV down when she's in it, killing her. OK. And then they go back to him and they say, you're going to fight again. And this time you are going to go down in the fourth round. And he doesn't again. <laughs> right. And they're all running away. Turkish and his partner grab Mickey and they're trying to get out of there before the mafia guys kill them. And they go out the side door. And when they do, they look up and there's Bricktop's car. Right. And the window comes down and a shotgun comes out of the window and the shotgun goes off. And Turkish does the narrating narrating at that point and he says you know when something crazy happens and there's a uh, you know like someone shooting at you and everybody gets on that stupid face and they show everybody uh, flinching those of you who have visuals you saw me make a flinching face of oh fuck i'm about to get hit right or when something happens like say someone fires a gun right which is what happened there and he says and i noticed that everybody put on that stupid face Except for the pike, that's a that's a English term, um, a term like nigger is to a black person. Pikey is is what they call the Irish or the gypsies, Irish especially. 
that's the that's the same derogatory term as the as the n-word is for black people so they, they, he didn't and he says it didn't occur to me until then that the iris were running the place over so what they did was the the guys they sent out to the camp to kill the guys in the camp all the irish killed all of them and then when when bricktop opened the window and was going to shoot the shotgun one of the Irish guys walked out of the bushes with a shotgun of his own and shot him. And he knew that was going to happen, so he didn't, he didn't flinch. Now, I say all of that because when the gunshot went off in that woman's face, not one single person caught on film flinched in any way or ducked or started running. No one. No one. Everybody acted as if they knew it was going to happen, and they also knew their lives were not in jeopardy, that no one was going to continue shooting. No one except the crowd itself. The crowd itself, which is slightly off camera, you see everybody recoil, and then they kind of look around, and they're starting to film, and they realize there's no more shots, so they start moving back in. Everyone at the window, including the, the, gun, the, the gun-toting cops, Retreating down the stairs, nobody flinched because they were expecting it to happen. No one flinched. And I don't care who you are, if you're anywhere where a gun goes off, you're going to flinch. Because if you don't know what's going to happen, you're going to flinch. Okay? And even when you fire the gun, you blink and you flinch. Not very many people can hold the stare and not blink when they pull the trigger. Because the gun jerks, there's recoil, and there's a loud bang. Even with a 9mm, it sounds like a cap gun, but it doesn't matter. It's still, it's still like when you fire it, you know it's going to happen, but your body reacts to it instantly anyways. Your body tries to protect itself. Your eyes are going to close because it doesn't know if there's going to be a flash or something going to be flying into your eyes. So instinctively, you close your eyes and you flinch. Nobody did that because they were waiting for it to happen and knew it wasn't going to be pointing at them. The guy shows that on the video, and I'll show you that also on the video, right? So, yeah, knee-jerk reaction, Melissa said. It's absolutely your body's natural response. That's why when somebody, you know, they put their hand up in the front of your face, they go, ah, oh, made you flinch. You're going to do that anyways because if you don't know what's going to happen, you immediately, your eyes, your brain wants to protect your eyes so it closes your eyes. You get that quick blink. Protect my eyes and then take the blow. And that's why you have an orbital that sticks out further than your eye. So if someone hits you, the orbital takes the damage and your eyeball itself is, is more fluid. It's, it can be, you know, it can bounce in and out. So it won't take that much of the impact. It'll still hurt, but it's not like you got poked in the eye. If you get poked in the eye, there's nothing there but your eyelid and so it hurts your eyeball. So your natural reaction is to flinch unless you're waiting for it. Those people didn't flinch. At least four people on camera didn't flinch. And then they didn't dive for cover thinking the cop was going to keep firing. Nope. The one guy grabbed everybody and pulled them out of the way. And why would he do that? He pulled them out of the way because he knew that there was going to be a body falling backwards right where they were standing. He needed to get them out of the way so she didn't fall on anyone. Because that wouldn't have been aesthetically pleasing to the cameras. She would have fell on somebody, rolled over, hit the ground, would have been in a weird fucking position. They'd have had to go and roll her over. She fell down, but she was still a little out of position, so he went over and he picked her up and slid her into what they wanted. Why was he doing that? It wasn't like he was making her more comfortable. He literally goes over, grabs her, and pushes her legs forward about three or four inches and lays them back down. 
the fuck would he do that for? No reason for that. There's no reason for him to be there. There's no reason for him to to push three people into the wall to keep them in safety uh, right then and then turn around and then reach over and move her into position and then look at the crowd and tell them film this. He was the director. He was the handler. He was the one in charge. The police did what he told them to do. And he said, whoa, whoa, get back. They got back. He was in charge. Who was that guy? And he wasn't the guy that said he might have been. There was the guy who said, they're leaving. Come on, let's go. That guy, went, the way he did it was, was over-exaggerated acting, like he was insane and like he was an insurrectionist. Okay? And, the, and if you look at, here's the other thing, too. I wasn't going to really get into this, but now I'm into it. If you look at the other film footage when the guys were bursting through the door, they came through the door like, uh, like uh, what's his name, from Star Wars. If you look at Star Wars, the first movie, when, when Han Solo was chasing the guards down the hallway that time, he was by himself, and he scared them, and they started running, so he was running after them, and he was going, Aah! running down the hallway. You see these guys come through the door, and they're pushing their way past the guards, and then they're, they're just like, you know, oh, oh, look out, look out, look out. But the second they get through the door and they know the camera's on them, they go, oh, and run past the camera. And I watched that, and I watched that happen with four, five, six guys in a row. Nobody was screaming and yelling. They were just kind of like shoving in, come on, get out of the way, get out of the way. But as soon as they got to where they were coming and the door's there and there was someone standing there, they didn't run and hit that person. They didn't run and go, get out of my way, you filming me. They ran looking at the camera and going, ah, running past the camera. The whole fucking thing was staged, people, I'm telling you. If you have ever watched a filming of anything, that was staged and they did it on purpose and they told the guys, when you come in, scream and yell like as if you're invading army. And that's what they did. Okay, that's what they did. They were playing for the camera. Who does that? How did they know it was going to be there? And here's the other thing. Isn't it weird that the cameras were out in exactly the right places protected to be able to film? The other famous one is the door that's closed and it's an emergency door and it has a sign there that says stop. Don't hit this only in the case of an emergency. And the guards are standing with their backs to the door. And one guy looks at the camera guy and says, the door, open the door. Come on, open the door. And they're, the, the person standing there filming. Isn't it weird that the famous shot of the guy that stormed, and it wasn't Nancy Pelosi's. Everybody thinks it was Nancy Pelosi's, the House seat. It wasn't. It was the Senate. It wasn't the House's seat. It was the Senate seat. Anybody who, who knows the difference between the two uh, uh, rooms would, would be able to ascertain that. It was the Senate seat, so it was McCarthy's seat. Right now, who's in the Senate? It was, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, so it was the Senate seat, and he went in there by himself, sat down, put his hand up with the fist that that, Ron, that uh, uh, Trump always put up. So the people started doing that too. That power to the people uh, uh, fist that they used to use in the '60s uh, during the during the rallies. And so he, he put up the fist and he said and he shouted, "Trump won the election!" And there was only two people in the room on the rotunda, one directly above him. With a camera, not a cell phone, with a, a photographer, with a camera, shooting straight down at him. And one directly across from him shooting as well, but he also got the, the other photographer in the shot. 
And that was the one, the shot that went around the world, went on every news agency on the planet. Isn't it weird that professional photographers were set in that room waiting for somebody to come in there so they could take photos of them? Isn't that weird? How did that happen? You think they were just reporters that were in the room up on the rotunda and decided we're just going to stay here because they'll probably come into this room. And we'll take pictures of them. So if we just stay here, we'll be fine. They're not going to come up to the rotunda. They're going to go down to the Senate floor. Isn't that weird how they were just there and waiting and they got the perfect shot? The other guys were stupid taking selfies. Those guys, I don't believe, they're just dumbasses, right? The guy that went in Nancy Pelosi's office. So they're, they're taking selfies and, and they're getting caught. Now they've already been arrested for the shit they did, right? Um, so they're, what they're going to do is they're going to exploit that. And then they, then they kept saying afterwards, the sources say that everyone that is caught has been telling them that they're proud boys and, and uh, you know, white supremacists. And, and you haven't heard anybody come out and say that. You haven't heard anybody show them that on television. Here's the guy that was in Nancy Pelosi's room. And here's his mug shot. And here's him, uh, his credentials that shows he's a Nazi. Or here's him at a rally before none of that's come up. Why is that? This is the freaking federal government, the FBI. You don't think that they've already had... Uh, shots of every single one of these rallies from every single one of these people? They already know who they all are? You don't think that? And how come the um, there was a couple of... The, I have film footage of this, too. The police escort of the bus that brought those guys there. The police escort of the five buses. See, the five or seven buses. I have that. The guy filmed it on his phone... And he was showing it to someone else who filmed it. And I have that video. And I'll play that for you. I made sure to download that to my hard drive before they took it off the Internet. I don't have a copy of the video, but the news agencies talked about this. I don't have a, a copy of the video that shows the, the cops shaking hands with, pulling the barricades out of the way and opening the gates, shaking hands with and selfies with the insurrectionists, which is weird, which means they knew them, which means they're probably police dressed as insurrectionists. Because they knew who they were. Isn't that odd? Or the cops were, in fact, Antifa. Right? Either way, they knew the guys to, to see them when they came up, to understand who they are, to open the gate for them to let them in. This was on film, and when you, if you watched my show last when, Thursday, Rob came on, right? And he said he saw it live, uh, but, but couldn't find it to record it. But he actually did see it live. Okay, I didn't see that, but I heard the news report on that. A couple different news agencies, CNN even reported it. Most of the news agencies were like, isn't that weird that they had this, these guys were doing this? So they, they kind of know. They're asking the right questions, but nobody wants to say this was faked. Because either they can't, because their masters won't let them, or they're afraid to say something and make an accusation that might get them jo their job lost. But I don't work for any of them, so I'll say it. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to find a film footage of that, so if it's out there somewhere and you guys have it, get it to me because I'll use it on the air and show it. Because I'm not afraid of them. They don't own me, right? So I'm not afraid of them. Okay, so they can't fire me from my job because I don't have one. <laughs> right? The only thing the government could do is is pull my uh, Social Security, right? Just stop that. And if they stop that, then it's obvious. What would be the reason why they stop that, right? I say something on air, and then all of a sudden they go, well, we're pulling your Social Security. 
then I get then I sue, right? And I, and I'm sure you'll find a pro bono lawyer that'll go after that one, one that's not afraid of of doing that because they're out there. And it won't be ACLU because I'm white, right? They don't care about my civil liberties. I know that to be a fact. Okay, they they only care about civil liberties of somebody who's a, an agenda for them that will further their cause. And their cause doesn't have anything to do with civil liberties. Not for Americans, right? The only American civil liberties that they are is the ones that they deem worthy of that, and that's usually African-American civil liberties. Just saying. Show me anywhere where the American Civil Liberty Union did anything for anyone other than African-Americans since 1965. So they shouldn't call themselves the American Civil Liberties Union because they're not for Americans. They should call themselves African Civil Liberty Union. Let's just call it what it is. It's not a bad thing. Right? I'm not saying that, that African Americans don't need their civil rights defended. They fucking do. <laughs> they should. I'm just saying don't lie about it. Don't pretend that you're that you're equal opportunity defender. Don't pretend that. Be straight with the people and come out and say, this is what we're about. Black Lives Matter says it. They're not afraid of it. They're like, we're about black lives. <laughs> we're about black lives and the fact that the, it's, there's systemic racism. They're not afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to say it. Step up. Be a man. Man up. Right? Man up or woman up, depending on what you are. Okay? Um, I respect that more than hiding and pretending that you uh, are. We're all for all American civil liberties. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay? And, and so don't, be, don't, don't hide. I don't know. I hate people that hide like that. Why would you hide? You're afraid of what? You're afraid the white people are going to shut you down? Well, uh, maybe in the 60s, you're right. There would have been some issues, right? So that's why I, I tell people, you know, people go, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? That's fucking important. We need to talk about that shit. That shit needs to be talked about. There is, And it's not just you guys, okay? It's not just black lives. That's the problem with a lot of African Americans. You guys think that you're the only ones. And if you do, then I say find a Native American Indian. Ask them how bad they have it or have had it. You guys think you got that shit bad. The Irish, we Irish had it pretty bad too, but we we are at least acknowledge the fact that, that it's a class thing. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't. They abuse all of us, every one of us. And that's that's what we have to get across to everyone. We have to, you guys have to understand and get the fact that it's that the reason that they keep us separated is because they know that if we unite, they're in trouble. Okay, so all of us, it, if you're not them, if you're not the rich and the elite, you are their slaves. That's the way they see it. Okay, so it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter if you're Italian, if you're Chinese, if you're Japanese, if you're a Filipino, if you're uh, Scottish, Irish, Norwegian, uh, Slovakian, doesn't matter. African, it doesn't matter. Mexican, it doesn't matter. They hate us all. They hate us all equally. They don't single you out more than anyone else. Okay, they, they might, well, they, they do... Honestly, you're right. Native Americans, Asians, Mexicans, and and African Americans, or Africans, get get. Uh, uh, you're right. You you guys get singled out more than say the rest of the white races do. I believe that, but that doesn't mean that that we are as entitled as they are. They just single us out less. But the truth is, okay. I can't say that for a fact because the truth is 
more white people get killed by cops shooting them than black people. Okay, and I know that you go back to that stat. Well, there's three times more of you than there are of us. So per capita, we're dying more often. Well, that's like a guy who weighs 90 pounds saying pound for pound, he's stronger than the guy who who weighs 300 pounds, who lifts a thousand pounds. Fact is, he can't lift a thousand pounds. Well, pound for pound, he's stronger. Okay, so pound for pound, an ant is stronger than all of us. I can step on an ant and squish it. He can't stop me from doing it. Do you see my point? Pound for pound doesn't mean shit. Okay? Per capita does. I'll give you that. But here's the thing. White people don't defy the law enforcement because we know they'll fuck you up, kick your ass, or shoot you. But they still do it to us. Think about that. So I trump your, well, there's three times more of you than us, and we get killed more often. Because you guys defy them always and pick a fight with them either or try to run from them or fight them. So you're naturally going to get harmed more by them so they know that going in so is there systemic racism yes in their minds they know that white people aren't going to fight them as much as readily as black people so they expecting that you're absolutely right so they're racist in that respect but the fact is you guys do defy cuss at them throw shit at them far more than white people do because we know they'll fucking shoot you we don't want to die we're not we, we just you know what it's not important we pick our battles Yes, sir. No, sure. You know, but but it. But either way, if they've decided that they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. So you are right in that respect, and I and I respect your right to defend your race and your people. But what you need to understand is the mandate that has come down to those dumbasses on the blue line, who are stupid enough and evil enough to pull the trigger, because they don't give a shit about your life. That mandate is the mandate of the rich and the elite that we're all peasants and we're all nothing lawless animals. Okay. And that doesn't matter what color you are. And until everyone in this nation and around the world gets behind that and says, we're all in this together. Is there, is there differences? Yeah. Native Americans, they try to wipe them off the face of the earth, man. That's nothing. You, you African-Americans got nothing compared to how bad they have it. So you can't even understand what it is to be Native American because you're black. That's the same difference as me not being able to understand what it is to be black because I'm white. You got it worse than I got it because I'm white. But the Native Americans and the Asians got it worse than you got because they're yellow and they're brown and they're red, red skin. Right? And that's a derogatory term in and of itself. Red skin to the Native Americans is like the word nigger is to the black people or the word Pikey is to Irish people because the red skin came from when they cut their, their, their scalps off and scalped them to turn, to go get the bounty for killing them. That's where they started calling the rest of what red skin means is because they, they cut their hair head off their skin off. And now they're red skinned and they have the red skin in their hand because they take it. And it's all bloody on one side and hair on the other. Okay. So that's, so you have to understand that that's where that term comes from. Ask any Native American. They understand that. Okay, so I'm not trying to point fingers at any other race and say, you know, well, I'm better than you or you're better than me or you got, you know, more racist than I am. Everybody has racist issues. The world is racist. It's just not as racist as it used to be, although people try to tell you that it is. It's not. not it's, it's, it, and if it is anything, it's the same as it ever was. They're still trying to eradicate the Native Americans. They got them all rounded up on a fucking, on their, on their reservations. They can't wait for that race to die off.
They need that race to die off because that race is the had claim to the land here. So they can't wait for that to happen. And I feel for those people. I'm part native. I feel for them. It's in my soul. I feel that the ancestors in my soul. So, and I and I can prove it. I'm not like fucking what's her name, uh, uh, Warren. I'm not like her. I've actually I didn't know I was native until I took the DNA test to find out what exactly was my DNA background and found out that I was five percent Native American. I, I'm the recessive gene. The rest of my family actually looks darker. Honestly, to the point where where my father thought that that we were black we were african he thought there was some african in the in our dna somewhere he said that somewhere in the past somebody had to be black like how dark our family is right i'm i'm the recessive really one person in each uh generation has white light skin and freckles but the rest of them are dark skin my father and he looked mexican or or native when he was his my auntie cora his aunt my great aunt uh his mom's um sister his mother looked white as white could be, but the sister looked Native American. She was very, you know, very dark-skinned Native American looking. Um, but the recessive was his mom. Do you see? Because the father uh, was, in fact, uh, Irish, uh, Irish German. So, so they, they, then she was the recessive, and then my uncle Leroy was the recessive on my father's side, and then me on this generation. My brother is uh, no freckles and has darker skin. All my sisters. Uh, there's one, Carolyn, the oldest sister. She's a recessive as well. She has uh, pale skin, blue eyes. But everybody else has uh, like brown eyes and um, darker skin. Uh, we all look Mexican. I don't. I mean, you look at me with the whole family. They're like, where'd you come from? The mailman? No, no. <laughs> my father was very dark skin. Um, he, he looked like Abraham Lincoln, as a matter of fact. So... I'm not so so I do have that background, but my point is, guys, that it's a class thing. It's not a it's not a, a race thing. Is there some racism? Yeah, there's racism everywhere, man. That's part of a class caste system, right? People have to 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 separate out people to try and prove that they're above that person, and they use race and class to do that. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that that's the system that is in charge that we need to get over and get past, right? But we're not going to do that if we're each of us are, are clinging to a race and trying to prove the other races are worse off or less worse off than we are. It's just not going to happen. That's the division, the divisiveness they want. They want us at each other's throats afraid of each other and attacking each other because if we're attacking each other we're not seeing what they're doing and we're not stopping them from doing what they're doing that's the whole hence the term that the united kingdom coined and the united states of america uses united we stand divided we fall you need to understand that it has nothing to do with race nothing if you look at my family we're, we're racially integrated we have every race in my family, even concurrently, today, right? We don't have any Asians, I don't think. I don't believe we have Asian, unless maybe some of the girls, uh, uh, my sister's kids, that I don't see, maybe. But the rest, uh, everybody else is Hispanic American, Black American. My brother's got two, a daughter and a son that are that are half Black. Okay. And then my sisters, most of them, their children are half. Native and half 
Mexican. Right? <laughs> right? My sister Jennifer, her two daughters are half, uh, her fa their father was Irish Cherokee. Okay? So, so you have Irish Cherokee and mixed with the mother who was Irish native. <laughs> English Irish were from from Europe, but then she had some uh, uh, native DNA because of my father, right? So, so she was probably five percent as well. So then the kids, so the kids are are a quarter, right? Because the the dad was half Cherokee, so that makes them a quarter Cherokee plus, uh, you know, that uh, probably a two or three percent native from Baja California. So that bumps their Indian value up. From a quarter to about twenty percent, maybe maybe a sixteen percent native. Now their kids are going to be half of that, right? <laughs> depending on what the father has, or the mother has, depending on the, whether they're boys or girls. So we're a very integrated family racially. So people look at me and they go, "You're a white man and with gray hair. You're obviously racist." No. No, I am racist. I'm racist because I have DNA of other races in me. I'm polka dotted, Jack. You look at my skin, I have the skin color of every race on my body. I'm more I'm more race diversified than you are. If you have one color skin, that's it. You're that color. I have every race's pigmentation on my body. Everyone. There isn't a race on this fan on this planet that I can't walk up and go, there's a spot, there's a spot, there's a spot, there's a spot. So how could I be considered racist when I have every color on my skin of every single race? And the more I get out in the sun, the darker those spots become to the point where the only parts that are white or pink are very few and far in between. Okay, that's the way my body developed. And there's 10% of us on this planet that have the same skin. We have freckles. Okay. So when people look at me and they go, you're racist. I can't, I'm not racist, man. I can't be racist. I have every racist color on my skin. You only have one. If anybody's racist, it's you telling me I am. Okay? When somebody looks at me and says that, if they're, I don't care what race they are, they look at me and go, you're racist. Do you know that? No, no, I'm not. My family is racially integrated, and I have every fucking skin color from every fucking race on my body. Do you? So how could I be racist unless I hate myself? I can't. I have darker spots. Here's one right there. I don't know if you can see it. That spot and that spot right there are darker black than anybody except for deep, dark Africans. So somebody who's, who's you know, African-American comes to me and you're racist. Dude, I'm darker than you are. Just not all over my body. Yeah, see? Sharon, let's put this up on the screen. I'll read this for you guys that are on the PMP3 file. Husband, Mexican. My son, my, uh, my, my son, wife, Chinese. My daughter's husband, half black. My grandkids are all mixed in. She says, uh, what, what's that? Us, uh, God bless the America, right? So, I mean, look at that. Her, so her husband is Mexican. That means her son, obviously, is half Mexican, right? And his wife is Chinese, so so there. So the kids are are, are uh, part Chinese, part Mexican, part white. Then you got the daughter; her husband is half black. So the kids are all mixed in, right? So I mean, look, the, if you're in this country, 
for any length of time, the, even those of you who are African-American, you guys claim black first. But unless you're really, really dark, purple, black, and you, I, I suggest you check your DNA. Like Barack Obama. Barack Obama actually looks like if you take the blackness off of his skin and lighten his skin about two shades, he actually looks like my family. He looks like my brother and my father. Okay? So his bone structure is not black. He's not black bone structured at all. That is all Aryan, okay? That is white. So people who say that they're, they're um, you know, uh, well, I'm black first, I say I suggest you te check your DNA with one of the DNA places and see just how much. Are you, in fact, more than 50% African? Because if you are, you could claim that status, but the fact is, I would wager that most of you people, if you have been here for more than two generations, if you're third or fourth generation American, chances are you're more than half white or close to it. Okay, so that would be like me claiming to be Native American because I'm 5%. I could. I could probably, if I moved to the and lived on the, on the reservation, I could probably get, have free everything. And get paid money because I'm 5%. Because if you're 132nd, you can get paid. I'm 5% for, for, for crying, crying out loud. Okay, so I could get paid. All my, half my family could get paid because we're fucking native. 5% or above. But we're not, we're not calling out that. We're just, hey, I'm, I'm an American. I'm Irish-American. I tell people I'm European, really. Most of my DNA, all of my DNA except for that 5% comes from somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Western or Northern Europe. Okay? So I so I have to claim that I'm European. I'm not white. I wasn't the races that I am from Europe were not considered the white race by the white race. Okay? That's the truth of it. I'm not Italian. I'm not Greek. I have a little bit of Italian and Greek. 2%. But but being European, especially being a Celt, they were not they were considered garbage. They're the slaves of the white races. Okay, we're southern Vikings. We're we're not even real Vikings. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we're Vikings, but we're the but we're considered the slaves to the Vikings and to the white people. Right, so we can't even say we were the Aryan race because we're not Aryan. I have I have Scandinavian blood. I have twelve percent Scandinavian, so I have some that's from up there that's Viking. So I have I'm mostly Viking because I'm a Celt from Europe and Scandinavian. So I'm mostly Viking. I'm not I'm not the you know the when they say that they tried to claim like the Nazis tried to claim their Saxony heritage and claim that they were the Aryan race. Um, in that they were the most pure. They're not. They're not, and they weren't. Adolf Hitler was half Jewish, by the way. <laughs> he was an Austrian Jew. He wasn't even German. He was an Austri half Austrian, half Jew. Now, I'm not saying that the Austrians aren't Aryan. I mean, look at, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, which his name in and of itself tells you that he was also, uh, like me, a subclass. The name Schwarzenegger means black plowman, right? So he was a black farmer. So his race, like my Irish race, were, uh, I'm a black Irish, and he's, he's black uh, uh, Austrian. So we were not considered the Aryan race because we were the, of, the, of the darker heritage. 
most of the people in my family, even though they're Irish, if you see Irish people who are black Irish, you usually know it. They have very pale skin, but they have dark hair. And they usually have blue or green eyes, but they have like the, the dark brown or the black hair, right? Um, and the, the women are beautiful, right? And there, there's a, 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 what's her name? Uh, I can't think of their names right now. Um, what's her name? Jennifer, um, Jennifer Connolly. Yeah, she's black Irish. Look at her. Very pale skin, blue eyes, dark hair. Um, so they consider us black Irish. My my clan. I know when I say the word clan, all everybody who's, who's African American immediately thinks that I'm saying clan with a K, as in KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. No, I'm saying clan with a C. They stole that word from the Celtic races, the Aryan races, and the uh, and the Viking races. They called your little family unit or your township you would be a, a clan of people and that became it ended up becoming last names and a lot of times you would be living under say the the um, o'neills owned a castle and they had land and anyone who lived on that land could claim the o'neill clan because they worked for and lived under uh and lived for or in the military served them whatever uh, but they also had their own last name right so they were they had their own clan but they also could claim the the larger clan that they represented okay so that's how that works. So the word clan is, it comes from the word clanad. Uh, that means family. Okay. So the word clan is short for clanad, which is an Irish Gaelic word that means family. So when you say clan, people, you're saying family. That literally is what that translates into into English. So when, when I say that, people automatically assume it's clan with a K, which, which was the KKK, and, that, and that's an evil group of people. Okay, but that's not what that means. It's also like when I told uh, someone I was working and I had a temporary uh, guy working with me and he was African-American and I was talking about that I had just been knighted earlier in the year and he freaked out because the Klansmen would knight them into the Klan and they became the Ku Klux Klan and they were knighted. They stole all of that ideology from Europe, from the, the clans in Europe, from the knightship in Europe. And they use that over here, and that's become synonymous. It's just like the swastika has become synonymous with evil now when it was actually a symbol to ward off evil from the Eastern religions. Still is. You see Ganesh, right, in the, in the Hindu religion. You see Ganesh, and, they, and Ganesh always has somewhere has a swastika dancing on it or it's on his stomach or whatever. Buddha, same thing. The swastika was to ward off evil. That's why he used that. That's why they used that for the Nazis because they were they couldn't they considered that a power symbol, and that it was a positive power symbol for their for their cause. They stole it from the Hindu race, which was thousands of years old, the Hindu religion, and now it's synonymous with if you flash that, that means that you're evil and you're a white racist bigot. Okay, so the same thing happened with the Klan, and if you get knighted and you say you got knighted and you have a Klan, then they, everybody over here, especially African or African Americans, they believe you're part of the Ku Klux Klan. I couldn't convince this guy that I wasn't. He was scared to death of me. And I was like, dude, let me give you a ride back to the shop. I know where you're going, and you have to walk. You don't have any money. I'll give you a ride. He was scared. He had me drop him off on a street corner. He thought I was going to take him somewhere to hang him or kill him. I couldn't. He didn't come back ever. He was convinced that I was KKK and scared to the death of me. Sucked. Sucked. I couldn't convince him otherwise because I used the word knighted and clan. 
So those are just words that you don't use around people. But I have been knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, the Holy Roman See. And I have been knighted. I am knighted. I have a sir title. It doesn't make me a clansman with a K. I'm a clansman with a C because I have family. Clanad. Clanad. I have family. Okay. And there are several words that have different variations that mean the same thing, but that's why it's been shortened to clan. means family. Right? So, okay. So with all the stuff that's going on, I know I've gone off and on, but that all that me, I'm trying to show that we have more in common than we have separate. And the most, you know, the common denominator isn't our race. It's our class. And that's what you need to understand. People need to become more educated and look at the world and understand that it's not your race that they hate. It's you. It's me. It's everyone. They hate us because we're the slave population, the slave caste, and they have to hate us to justify that they are in charge. They have to abuse us to show that, we are the ones that are in charge, the upper class, the echelon. And little pissants like Governor Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and all these other politicians have to show they have a status above us, the lower slaves, to try and pretend to themselves that they're not fucking slaves too. Do you see? So that's what that's what the class does to everybody. You, you know, you got even in the military, you got the private, that means slave. Then you got the, the, you know, the, the corporal, which means, well, I'm not the slave slave, but I'm still a slave. And then sergeant, and you have different ranks that go all the way up to generals and brigadier general and all that shit. So, you're, so the higher up you go, the less of a slave you are and the more that you're in charge. Same thing happens uh, in everything. You have a pyramid tier, and the higher up you go, the closer to godhood you have. Okay? Just like right now in the, in the uh, Dianetics. You have, well, what's his name, Mankiewicz, and he's the god of, of Dianetics. The number two guy right now is Tom Cruise. So as soon as Mankiewicz dies or steps down, Tom Cruise, because he's donated more money than anybody else, he's going to become the next uh, Dianetics god. More power to him. Okay, so that's like the Pope in Rome or the President of the United States, the Queen in England, you see? They're not really the ones that are in charge. There's a group of people behind them, okay, that are money. Those are the people that are in charge. And these guys in these big tech companies, they're not in charge of the world either. They just are in charge of their little piece of it, and they do the bidding of the people up on high, and they fuck all of us down low. And it doesn't matter what race you are, and the sooner everyone realizes that and stop victimizing themselves for just their race, because that is partly your race, but it's not the totality. The totality is it's your class. If you are Native American and you have $100 billion in every bank around the nation, the cabal is going to welcome you with open arms and have you at their parties and, and have you making decisions with all the rest of them. And if you get more power than they get, you can take the top dog ship from them. Do you see? So if you have enough money, you get into their club. You have enough power, you get into their club because they want to be able to control you so that you don't try and take them over. Do you get it? It doesn't matter what race you are. It matters how much money you have, what class you're in. And do they keep the African people down? Yeah, because they're all European, most of them. There are some uh, uh, African and Asian, other people in other countries, 
Arabs just as well. Every nation, every race of people has their rich and elite that is part of the whole global cabal. But they don't want just anybody. That's why they hate the America, because in this country, you can become that. Look at what happened with Bill Gates. Look at, at Oprah. Look at, uh, at uh, Mark Zuckerberg, right? Look at the things that they did that put themselves in the position of having the power that they have. They were born slaves. And the minds of the, of the powers that should not be who are in charge, they still are. They're just really fucking rich slaves. So now they have to use them to their advantage. By doing that, they give them a little bit more power, a lordship and a little bit more power and, and free reign to torture people as they will and just don't come after us or we'll fucking kill you too. Do you see how that works? So they have, they're a subclass. They're on the fringes. They're not at the tablecloth. They're at the kids' table over there, right? We're with the dog on the floor. Whatever falls off the tables, we get those scraps. We have to fight the dog for it and the mice and the kittens and everybody else. That's where we are, people, all of us. We're in the same boat. They have their foot on my neck just like they do your neck and every Native American and every African American and every Asian American. And in fact, every African, every Asian, every Irish person, every every Viking, every Philippine, every Indian, Hindu. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, Japanese, Chinese. There is an overlord that has their foot on your throat. It doesn't matter the race. It's not systemically racist. It's systemically humanist systemically class and that's what you guys need to understand now am i saying throw off your race and forget about it hell no be proud of who you are be proud of your dna be proud of where your dna came from absolutely celebrate that but also remember that we're all from the same planet we're just from different places on the planet that's all otherwise we wouldn't be able to interbreed so we're not different races we're all the same race. We're just from different places. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to breed with an African-American because they would be different than me, but they're not. They just have different traits. And by the way, white people and black people make really pretty babies, prettier than my whiteness and prettier than your blackness. We get this nice caramel color. Same thing with Asians and blacks and Asians and, and whites. That's why we have this diversity, because we make sexy babies that make sexy babies when they breed with other people. Okay? We give, we give ourselves a diversity by having races, by having these different creeds. We give ourselves a diversity. Those, we'd all look the same. we get mugwumpy. Right? We'd all have that same look. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Men and women would both have beards, right? We'd all dress the same. We'd all look the same. The difference is that you guys would have tits and we wouldn't, right? We'd have a penis and you wouldn't, but I'd be screwing myself. That would suck. That would be boring. Oh, my God. Think about that. So thank the lords of cobalt that we have races, Thanks to the power that be that we have separation of color and and DNA that changes our facial features and the and the melanin of our skin, because that gives us different things to look at, and that means that people are completely different, right? Even even twins who are identical supposedly are different. So we should be celebrating the fact that we have the diversity that we do instead of using that as a 
thing to fight over. I like the fact that there are black people. Because I'm not a person who just likes white women. I like every race depending on my mood. Okay? So I like the fact that there are black women to look at. I like the fact that there are Asian women, Native American women, Philippine women, Chinese women, Japanese women. Too many different women's different shapes and colors, and I love it. Love there's fat women, I love there's skinny women, I love there's tall women, I love there's short women. Because that way I can look at the diversity and I can go, wow, she's cute, wow, she's cute, wow, she's cute. But if everybody looked the same, it wouldn't matter who I looked at. They'd all be the same. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have to look for a mate, you would just pick one. You'll do. Yeah, you wanna? And they'd look at you and go, sure, because you look the same. Doesn't matter. We just got to breed because that's what our function is to make sure that our race continues. So it wouldn't. It would be boring. It wouldn't matter. It would become a, a function like brushing your teeth. Need to brush my teeth or they fall out. Floss them too. That would be getting married and having sex and having children would be just that. Procreation. Is it that time? How many kids did we bargain for? Six, how many do we have? Four, let's get busy. Got a couple more to pump out. After that, we can retire. We'll sit back and maybe have sex for fun, but who knows? I don't like having sex with myself. I'm just doing it because I have to. That's what that would become, people. So we should be glad that there's this diversity so that we have so many differences. But remember that we all have the same organs in the same places. We all have the same physical, physique, body with subtle differences only. Right? I can give a kidney to anybody who's compatible. They don't have to be white. They just have to have a body that will accept my kidney. Do you understand? I can die and donate my heart, and that can go to anybody who won't reject my heart. It has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with where they were, where their DNA came from on this planet. I can donate blood. In fact, I'm type O negative. I can donate blood and everyone on this fucking planet can take my blood. It doesn't matter where they're from. But I can only take type O negative blood from other type O negative people. Okay? That's racist. All y'all out there are racist that your freaking blood isn't compatible with mine. But mine's compatible with all yours. So how can I be racist when I'm the universal donor? You guys are racist because you won't let me have your blood. That's what I say. So think about that, guys. Same? Melissa said same. So you're typo negative? See, typo negative people, I think, are mostly the wanderers on this planet because every person who I think is a wanderer, I ask them, what's your, what's your DNA? And they, or what's your blood type? And they're like, oh, negative. Mostly, not everyone. <laughs> mostly, right? You're O negative. We're, we're supposed to be only 10% of the population of the planet, and yet I know more people. This is no joke. I know more people that are typo negative than I don't. And, and because of, the, because of the, the Internet and Facebook and YouTube. Isn't that crazy that all of us still collect together? Isn't that weird? What are the odds of that? What is what is that? What is about that? So I that's where I think that the, the you have you know they're starting to think honestly the scientists, uh, you know because they can't trace the the DNA of typo negative people past ten thousand years. We're not here before that, 
and they they actually think that and they said this is not me saying this because i'm i'm like yeah this is cool man i made this up this is what i heard and went really really they said that is that a thing and looked it up they said that they they really think that the people who have typo negative dna that their ancestors are or what these people on this planet called angels okay so they think that we are we're a, 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 of the angel race whatever that angel race was the cherubim or the or the paraffin or the you know that we were that at one point um, I think we pissed somebody off and they locked us into the, the penal colony that's Earth. <laughs> I think we made trouble in the universe and they sent us to Australia. I mean, they sent us to Terra, right? We do that on this planet. We'd send people to Australia or Siberia or Alaska, right? And I think that this is a penal colony that we were all sent to. Uh, it, well, it is kind of for me because I I joined I came down here to help these people. So for me, I gave up my life. I gave up my status. I gave up my vibration. And I came back down here to the third so that I could make a difference in here and raise the vibration of the planet. So in doing so, I kind of did put myself. Yeah, Seraphim. That's the one I didn't say, right? <laughs> seraphim. Thank you, Melissa. Um, Dad was, well, of course, if you're typo negative, one of or both of your parents are typo negative. It has to be. Right. Someone in your genetic code has to be uh, typo negative. So your dad was typo, but you don't necessarily have to be typo. You're probably not. What, are, what is your blood type? You didn't say in here. Do you know what your blood type is, Sharon? If so, type it in there for me. Um, she's probably typo negative. I don't remember. if we, I've asked her that question before, but I asked so many people. I don't think I remember her answering and she probably already has. I've known I've known Sharon for what, four years now. Right. <laughs> Going four years. We used to work together uh, when when I was uh, hosting uh, Watchers Talk. Um, she was working, uh, she was our coordinator uh, for the show. And she's friends with Omar farther back than that. They run a group together for a, a long time. Um, and they're, they're friends and they still are. In fact, I think, didn't you host the show before I did? I think she was the, I think you were one of the hosts. I'm talking so fast she won't have time to type it. Um, but I believe that she came on and hosted for a while. I don't know if it was her. I know there was somebody that was hosting with Omar um, that I guess it didn't work out or they couldn't anymore. And then he found me and, and, uh, and I wasn't really into that, but then all of a sudden he said one day here, uh, why don't you, why don't you come in and do the interview with me? Uh, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sharon's got to go fix dinner. Have a nice night. Go. I know for me, I should be getting off here. I was only going to do an hour and that was at one and now we're at three thirty. <laughs> so two and a half hours rambling on and on. Right. So I should call it too. I got to go and check on my mom. I'm her caregiver. Um, but I, but in summing things up, I wanted to uh, I wanted to say that with everything that's going on, you have to understand that the stresses that we've been put through in the last year have, in fact, been lies. The stresses that they try to perpetuate that have to do with race is, in fact, a lie. It's a class thing. OK. Um. So what is this? Uh, Melissa said, I did this experiment where you had where you need strength. You visualize wings. They're they're different from anyone else. So, yeah. OK. Right. I mean, uh, the truth is um, that that's actually I've heard that, too, where if you actually project onto yourself that you because you want strength, that you have wings, um, then it actually um, get. And there is something to that, I think I, I, that's just like uh, the long hair of Samson. Remember? Um, and then come forward in time, um, red feather with golden sparkling. See, it depends. That's weird, too, because my, my buddy, he, he says, because he balances light and darkness, uh, he says he pictures himself with one white wing and one black wing. That he has the left side is his, or the right side is his white wing, and the left side is his black wing. 
and and that's where the way the ego runs where your white is your white side your positive side is the right side that's where your all of your guides come in to help you and that's where you have the little angel on your right side and the little devil on your left side and the left side is where the where the ego is and negativity so the dark side of each person is usually the left side so all psychics they they always tell you that they get the information from the right uh, more than the left uh, and and so that there is something to that uh, and then, of course, um, your feathering, if you have feathers. See, I, I had a, a vision one time where I was uh, meditating, and I had the white kachina. Um, that's the, the eagle um, dress of a Native American was dressed up as the white kachina, as the white eagle. <clears throat> and it led me into a cave. I was walking in the mountains, and, the, and he led me into the cave, and so I followed him. And he was dancing around, doing the whole, uh, you know, shim sham sand dance, right? <laughs> doing the whole dancing, and and um, you know, with the arms out, and the the entire thing that you see that the natives do with that kachina doll, and or the kachina person that plays that role. And I followed the person in, and it turned out that it was my father wearing that, and he led me to to this cave, to this fire in a cave, a little campfire in a cave, and that then he pointed off into the darkness and I could see another light there and I followed that and it was another cave entry. You know, I was inside of a big cave and that it went into another one. Um, and, uh, yeah, what, yeah, right. And, uh, a white and black, right? Yeah. Uh, so black on the edge of the feathers. Yeah. I see. Right. So, and that's, that's almost standard in nature too. A lot of times they'll have the, the tips will be darker than the rest of the feathers. Uh, not exclusively, but with eagles a lot. Bald eagles, especially the the bald eagle and the um, and the golden eagle are that way. So that's actually standard almost for life in the in the eagle families, in nature. So, and then they, then the the children have white. Um, if you have the bald eagle, they have uh, they don't have the white hair. They they have brown hair on their head for a while, and then that falls out, and they get the, and it's not hair, it's uh, feathers. But they have their wings are white, and it changes. It goes to the opposite. The, the wings turn brown and their head turns white feathers. That's why they're called the bald eagle. And the golden eagle doesn't change. They're born and they have the same color and they don't change at all. They just get bigger. Um, and I know that because, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, I, I like this side. <laughs> I'm all about eagles. I got a bald eagle there. That whole wall is all eagles, right? Um, I, have, I have an eagle tattooed on my arm. I'm, I'm about eagles. Uh, eagle is my totem sky animal. So that and, and the crow. Um, the crow and the eagle are my sky animals. That's why I used the, the word uh, storm crow. My, my true name, my magical name is Kelto storm crow. Um, and that's, I use that, uh, that's on my, if you look at my site. Okay, so, so then I went in there and it was, there was a dragon, it was a red dragon. And the red dragon, this is why I got to that point of saying Kelto storm crow, the red dragon knew my name and didn't address me as Leonard or Leo it addressed to me as Kelto Stormcrow. Now, it was my vision in my head, so of course it would have known my name, right? I mean, that's what I thought at the time. But uh, we had a good conversation, and that I'm writing an entire book about that, uh, Conversation with the Dragon. So, yeah, I, I can do a whole show just on that conversation that we had and what that was about. So, so that, that the you know, the weird part of that, getting back to everything that's going on is that that led me to have another understanding why I went down that road. People led me to have another understanding or better understanding to, of our reality. 
and what's going on here that had to do with my meditation and the the purpose for that entire thing I tangent I went on to right then is that we each and every one of us the only way you're going to break out of their conditioning is first to start questioning everything me everything doesn't matter question your reality in totality when someone claims something on television look it up and it's and it's more and more difficult these days because the engines that you're using are owned by the big tech companies so you have to get off of their sites to find things okay uh, because they they they're tailoring things now and keeping things information from you now so you have to go to off everything. If you want to look something up, don't Google it anymore. Don't give them the money. Even if you have Google on your phone, <coughs> download a different app that's not owned by Apple. It's not owned by Microsoft. It's not owned by Google. Okay? It's not owned by them. So you have to go to Ask Jeeves. I like DuckDuckGo. When you go there, people say, oh, no, that one's hacked too. No, that one, when you go there... <coughs> They don't let anybody, pardon me, they don't let anybody follow you and track you. They block them. And they show you that they block them and they show you who they block. They don't take your information and sell it. Okay. So you need to get, like, uh, on Facebook, I'm here because, the, you know, it still draws a crowd on Facebook. I have my uh, accounts on, like, Reddit, but that one's uh, compromised as well. Um, uh, Gab, I just put it up on, um, what's the name of it? I just started it yesterday. I'll have to remember what that is. I'll have to check my email again. And, and I forgot the name of it today, but I, there's another one that's not, it's completely independent from the big five. So, um, I, there's a, there's a platform for just, that's like YouTube that is not YouTube, right? <clears throat> so you have to be aware of that stuff and get away from them. We have to vote with our feet by changing that. But the only way that you're going to get to where I am is you have to question, first of all. And to do that now, you have to watch how you're questioning because your answers are being tailored to. If you use the big tech's engines, they're going to give you what they want you to see, not what they don't want you to see. So if you're asking something uh, on the Internet that might in some way be against their way of thinking, you won't get to find it. Or all you'll find is fact checkers saying that that's a lie. Okay, you won't find an honest answer. So you have to look on engines that are not corrupted and do searches there and stay away from these guys and don't give them any more money. They get money every time you do a search on their platform. They get money for that because you search something and people pay money to have you find their product. I know this because when I was uh, when because of my books and promoting my books, I could become affiliated with. Amazon with Google pay them money and and if I pay them money the right amount of money depending on whether someone else has Orion Rising say as a book title I pay them more money than everybody else when you type in Orion Rising you'll find my book before anyone else's same thing with Amazon I haven't paid these people so now you have to scroll down because I'm not the one who paid most of the money so there's like four or five or six people unless you use my name and attach my name to my book name if you do that, then it, then my book comes up exclusively because you're you're tailoring it to me, to my name, right? So that that name associated with my name comes up only with Orion Rising and Leonard O'Neill, or How to Get Out of Debt, Surviving the 21st Century, Leonard O'Neill, or uh, Survivalist slash 
uh, you know, prepping slash survival for beginners, Leonard O'Neill, those three books that I wrote. So you have to get away from the people. Uh, don't don't search their engines. Don't believe their bullshit. Don't believe the, the media, the news, because they're all lying. They have an agenda. They're either a Democrat or a Republican agenda. There's nobody that's fair and balanced. There are some people out there that are. Look for them and go to them and find them. You'll hear. I go all around the world to, to find out information of what's really going on because there's information that's not being told to Americans that the Spanish channels are telling, the French channels are telling, the German channels, channels are telling. But so those are all worked by the same people. So you'll find their version of the opposing side there. But you'll still find out, like I say in every show, if you treat the media and big tech like they're children, and they're all going to point the finger at everybody else. Politicians do the same thing. Children do that. He started it. She started it. He started it. They did that. I didn't do that until they did that. And they did that. They all say the same thing. They blame it on everyone else, and they're the victim. So you get the real truth by listening to what they both tell you and throwing out the bullshit because they'll both have to tell you what happened from their perspective and then paint it as though they're innocent. But they have to tell you what happened. So you find out what happened and what the truth is in the middle. That's why cops investigate the way they do, right? They always bring a partner, and I'm going to talk to this guy, and you go talk to that cop. And then when we're done, we switch, and I go talk to you, and that cop comes talks to this guy. And ask the same questions all over. Well, I just told your partner. I know you did, but tell me to see if there's any discrepancies. And they do that with everybody. Did they tell the same story exactly the same way, or did they tell you something they forgot and didn't tell me? Do you understand? So you do that with everything. So you have to do that. So if you're going to just constantly use Google, you're only going to get what Google wants you to fucking find. Do you understand? So you have to question and then you have to meditate. You have to look within yourself and change your vibration because right now your vibration is all out of whack because you don't know how to retune yourself unless you do. But if you're just a regular Joe living in the world, you don't know how to to fix your chakras. You don't even know what they are. You don't know how to balance those. You don't know how to eat right because you just eat what they tell you to eat or you're or doing whatever. If you're cooking for yourself, you're way better off. Are you eating non-GMO, right? Are you eating non-steroid infested? Are you eating organic products or are you eating all kinds of steroid shit with sugar in it? These are the things that you have to look at. You really have to change your way of life to actually break your conditioning properly. And when you do... You're going to find that you feel better. You have more energy. You're not going to be overweight. You're not going to have diseases. You're not going to have problems. Things are going to be better. And that's just like the Christians say to you now, these days, that if you have Jesus in your life and you go to church, your life is better. The fact is, if you go to some church, somewhere where you have an orthodox religion, organized religion, your life does get better because you surround yourself with people that are like-minded and that are trying to be good people, not evil. So just by doing that, you're going to improve the conditions in your life. So that's why I tell people you don't have to actually go to a church unless that's what you feel that is necessary for you to do. Right? You, Melissa says, I can feel the difference in my body. Absolutely. If you go and eat fast food, say, for dinner tonight, then tomorrow you cook yourself something, you're going to feel the difference in the energy from the food that you cook for yourself and the, and the energy in the food that was cooked at a fast food restaurant with high-octane uh, uh, everything, beef with steroids, uh, weaponized wheat um, buns, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Farm-fed, farm-fattened uh, pork to make the bacon, steroid-infested everything, right? Steroid-infested tomato and lettuce that's on there, you know what I'm saying? And then you make your own food and cook yourself your own food. You're going to feel that you have far more energy, better feeling energy 
from cooking your own food. And that's the truth, people. It really is true. We call that ascension food. That's what we call that. If you're eating good, non-GMO, you know, uh, organic, everything as much as you can get, whether you're a vegan, whether you're, uh, you know, uh, a uh, uh, whatever, you could be, you know, vegetarian, you could be a vegan or not. It doesn't matter. What really matters is the quality of the food you eat as opposed to um, not. Then if you're meditating or praying or any of those actions that creates the same effect in your body, whether you're praying or whether you're meditating, creates the same effect. So if you don't believe in religion and you don't want to pray to some deity, you don't have to. You can just meditate. Either way, the the condition that you create in your body changes and, and you start looking within. If you start doing that, look within and admit your faults to yourself. Once you do all of these things, you're going to find that the world around you is going to look completely different and you're going to start realizing things that are happening around you that you realize have been there always, but you never saw them before. And then you go, why is that? Well, it's because now you're starting to wake up. You're starting to actually be an adult paying attention to what's going on on this planet. And you're then not so pervious to their ploys. You're no longer under their spell. It's not so easy for them to Jedi mind trick you. So everybody needs to do that. And this entire two hours and however long I've been on here, <laughs> right? Somewhere here I have a counter. I saw it a minute ago and I wasn't paying attention. I looked up and went, oh, that's, there's how long I've been on air. Um, but I don't see it now for some reason. Uh, I'm not finding it. It's there somewhere. I'm just not seeing it on my boards. Anyways, um, this entire conversation for, well, here's the time down here. So I started at 1 and it's 3.45 now. So for two hours and 45 minutes, has been literally about that. I was giving you all the nastiness and showing you everything that was wrong with the world and why and who was doing it and then showing you how we're all in the same position together and now trying to show you how you can then tailor your life to get out of the mess. And once you do, you're going to then see, and I tell everybody, assume that I'm wrong, look up everything that I've said to you and try to prove me wrong. If you can prove me wrong, I'll, I'll come on. Yeah, two hours or so. Yeah, it's been two hours and 45 minutes. Um, thank you, Melissa. <laughs> but it literally was up on the screen before, and, and oh, here it is. I just found it. It's over here in a little box. <laughs> Two hours and 45 minutes, 28 seconds. Okay, so I knew it was there somewhere. I just uh, couldn't realize where I was looking on my screen going, where the hell? I see all the chat. I see all the everything else. The studio, where the hell is my ticker? Uh, top left corner. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, all of this was designed to help you understand what the tools that you need. I can't, I can't make you do it. I can't tell you how to do it because each individual, each one of us is completely different. I can give you the tools, the things I can tell you what needs to be fixed to fix you. And why is that important? Why would I want to even consider that? Because to fix the world, you have to first fix yourself so that you're a separate from this mess you're no longer part of the problem once you become once you're if you're not doing anything and you're complacent you're part of the problem okay so if you buy into their narrative you're part of the problem if you then find yourself questioning and and realizing that you know and changing your life you don't become part of the problem anymore you become part of the solution because now you want to solve the problem and you understand that solving the problem isn't 
a bunch of people sitting around talking about black lives and trying to give reparations for them. The way to fix this is to stop the things at the top. And how do we do that? Well, the first thing we have to do is take care of ourselves and get us out of the chains that bind us. Then we're no longer part of the problem. Then we can become part of the solution. And the solution, you will then realize, is actually easy. It's what I'm doing. The solution is help guide people to understand that the problem is not systemic racism. The problem is a class thing, and it's all of the planet versus the 13 families who think they own it and all their minions underneath them. Okay? So it's not us against the government. It's not us against the Republicans or us against the Democrats or us against the Redskins or us against the Chinese or us against the blacks. It's all of us on the planet. Yes, I know, right? Karen says, wow, you're still on. Yeah, I know, two hours and 40 minutes now, two hours and 48 minutes still on. It's all of us on the planet versus those who would think and call themselves our masters. That's the enemy, 100%. How do we fix all that? We can't, man. We can't do anything. It's, it's just systemic, man. You're never going to change the government. We will change the government if we all decide that it's going to happen. They run from us and fear us when we all say something together. That's why they have to keep us divided and have all the blacks thinking they hate the white people and the white people hating the black and all races hating each other and fearing each other. Because if we all got wind that together united we stand and divided we fall and we embraced one another as brothers and sisters and said, I don't care what color you are, you're human like me. We're all in the class that is not the ruling one. And we're all in that together from the from right below the ruling class down to the poorest person on the streets. We're all in the same exact boat. The only difference is some of us don't want to be on the streets. Some of us don't want to be poor, right? So we work at their game to try and get better position in our lives so that we can have our lives a little bit better off than they would be if I was living on the streets. Do you understand? Some people don't care about that. and They live out there in the world. I met many of those when I was working in Berkeley. And there were those guys there that were older than me and been homeless longer than I was alive. They were like, I don't want to go and be part of your society. I don't want to be part of your rules. It's all a lie. I learned more about what's going on in reality from bums on the street explaining to me exactly how the system was and why they chose to live outside of it. I never faulted them for it, and I didn't think they were crazy. When I heard them, they were completely intelligent men and women. who They weren't crazy drug addicts freaking out. Some of them were, but not most of them. They were actually intelligent. We're like, no, why would I do that? You guys give everything to me for free. What the hell do I have to worry about? And that's what they do. They live outside of society. Society gives them everything they want. They can do whatever they want. Get as drunk as often as they want. Do drugs as often as they want. If they need money, they panhandle for it. And do whatever they need to do, and people give it to them. Free food, free lodging, free baths, free showers, everything. And it's, it's true. Okay, so to, to change the face of the world, we have to change ourselves from within first. Then we can become part of the solution. Hashtag be the change. Right? 
We have to become the change. Right here, let's put it up twice. Right? We have to be the change. Right? Oh, I put the other one on. Let's put that on. Hashtag be the change. That's the that's the theme of today. I should have called this episode hashtag be the change. So that's how we're going to change things. We have to change ourselves. We that way we become part of the solution, not the problem. And when we're all part of the solution, that means that we what does the solution mean? What does that word mean? Solution. Solution means an end to a means, a positive end to a means. That's the solution. Do you understand? So if I'm part of the solution, I'm part of the positive end to our means. What is our means? Our means is to save our ass. Clear your mind and your ass will follow. Right? So we get everybody's minds cleared and then we all become part of the solution. What is the solution? The solution is those people who have this so-called power over us are powerless unless we believe them. Do you understand? All right, guys. Almost three hours. I promise tomorrow won't be this long. We're going to be back on. I'll be on with Mandy again tomorrow. Uh, and we'll be talking about the craziness that has this election. So it'll be about more craziness than I'm talking about now. It'll probably get you more angry. Right? We'll see. And then we don't know where the conversation is going to go from there, just like today. But the theme of this entire day was that. You need to understand that it's not you against me. It's us against them. The quicker we all learn that, the quicker we become the solution, not the problem. And we know what the problem is. The problem is not you and I. The problem is them. Them. Those racist sons of, you know, class race rich elites. They think they own us and call us their masters. They think that we're their, we're their slaves and they're our masters. All right, guys. Namaste. Any of you who stayed this long, I love you for staying this long. Anybody who popped in at any point, even if you popped out and popped back in, and I love you guys. Um, I love this planet and I love everything about it. That's why I don't care about the races. I like these races. I said that before. I like the diversity. I love every bit of it. It makes us all look different, not the same. All right, guys. Namaste. Have a good day. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be back on at 1 p.m. Uh, West Coast America time. Then don't forget Fridays at 4 p.m. West Coast America time. I do the Law of One. Uh, and there I try to stay away from politics. I only talk about aliens, UFOs, and history and um, positiveness and the one true creator of the universe and what the message from that creator is for us. And I don't read out of the Bible neither. All right, guys. Have a good night.